0: Hi guys, this is uh, Maddie and Beth. We we are editing at the moment. We just wanted to give you a, a quick trigger warning. Um,
1: yeah, we there's a we completely forgot the trigger warnings this week. We're very sorry, but we will give you trigger warnings now. Uh, we will be talking about violence against women, sexual assault, rape um, in regards to real life and in regards to fictional characters in this book in this story.
0: Um, some police violence. Yes, yeah, police um, violence. Um, I think that's, it, for I the think that's it. Spoilers, Throne of Glass, All of Akatar, Crescent City. Crescent City. Um, Shadow and Bone. Shadow and uh, Bone. Yeah. Right?
1: Lots of warnings. Um, in regards to some of the warnings about real life and things we are ranting about, we are sharing some so- things on our social media that you can look at uh, in regards to staying safe uh, as women and men and, you know, guys, gals, non-binary pals. Um, just uh, tips for safety. But, but we just want to warn you there that we have some very delicate content uh thank you very much
0: (laughs) goodbye hello hello hi welcome to off the book the podcast i'm maddie i'm beth and we talk all things ya na adult books today is the second part of our akasuf um review review. technically part three but part two with spoilers yeah 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 so much has happened in a week i feel like we haven't spoken in ages
1: i know Uh, oh no we have spoken it's just predominantly been like angry yelling (laughs) about at at things together we've like communally yelled although uh we did actually get to like do something like hang out in a non-podcast related way
0: we We watched an episode and a half of teen wolf
1: (laughs) i know it was great uh dylan o'brien was immaculate as ever love the man.
0: obviously and um, he is literally running the whole show and then everyone's going up to Scott and being like well done thank you for saving my yeah. life I'm like he was almost dying too like- <laughs>
1: yeah. literally although fun fact um just a little zodiac fact um he is a Virgo and uh you and I our star signs both like match w- are very well compatible with Virgos so what this tells me is that we need to become friends with Dylan O'Brien I don't know how we go about that but that's need to find a way.
0: Well, my goal in life yeah. is to get that Jeep from Teen Wolf. Literally, so yes. We'll have something in common and then we, we can talk about that. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh, he's like a real big Taylor Swift fan. So if I listen to more Taylor Swift and become a Swifty, then we can bond over that.
0: Problem solved. Let's go. Right.
1: Let's go. That's it. <laughs> Let's go <down>. um... <laughs> um. Yeah. No, it's been a long week.
0: Do you want to That's, just an, understatement. That's yeah, an understatement.
1: That's an understatement. Dive in and discuss. Let's,
0: let's quickly mm-hmm. go with how are you? What are you reading? Yeah. What are you watching?
1: Um, I'm perpetually angry, and we'll discuss why. Um, yeah, just perpetually angry. Uh, what am I reading? I'm trying. My goal is to finish finish a Song of Achilles and. Um I I I on my list of books that I started reading ages ago and haven't finished is Women Don't Owe You Pretty by Florence Given. And obviously that's a very kind of controversial book because she's basically stolen all of it. Uh-huh. Um so I've got it there and like part of me is stubborn and wants to finish it, but at the same time I'm like, No thanks. Don't want to read yeah. anything But because I'm very angry as a woman at the moment, I'm like, oh but it's a it's a woman book about ah, yeah. I probably won't, I probably give it away.
0: Yeah, I was all for it until we got that comment on the TikTok, yeah. and I was like, mm. "Um, But no, and what am I
1: watching? Last night I watched the film Moxie, loved it. Yes.
0: Um,
1: I loved it. Um, And I watched another episode of Criminal Minds today. I'm now on season four, loving it. Um, I'm really concerned that I really have a thing for Hotch and Reed. I don't know what that says about me, but I am just concerned. See, um, Hotch is not...
0: I don't know why, he just cringes me out. No, he doesn't There's cringe me
1: out. something I... about
0: him that gives me the ick.
1: No, he does not give me the ick. Morgan gives me the ick but I think it's because like he's so out there and flirty and like I'm kind of more introverted and I'm like I couldn't like don't get me wrong he's a phenomenal character he is gorgeous but just because he's like really out there and flirty I think I just think we have very different personalities it's because I-
0: he knows his heart as well that's what yeah. it is
1: yeah yeah I also know that I'm hot this is my god complex kicking in <gasps> Ooh, I said that this week I taught my first class because schools went back and the kids kept talking over each other and I was like guys I'm developing a, a god complex the only voice I want to hear right now is
0: mine so quiet down <laughs> you know what I'm gonna try that I'm gonna try that and see what their reaction is <laughs> when it was three boys and they were like a what <laughs>
1: And then these are the same kids that then at the end of the lesson, they kind of like couldn't be bothered to do my lesson anymore. And we were talking about royalty and they were asking about like what the line of succession is. And I kind of like drew on the board and was like talking about all the family members. And they were like, oh, what about Prince Andrew? Why does everyone not like him? And I'm like, can I explain to these children why Prince Andrew is not very popular?
0: Hmm, don't think so. Hmm. Tricky um, situation. Tricky situation.
1: Uh, how are you? How's your mental health? What are you reading? What
0: you other than everything that we're going to discuss in a minute mm-hmm. this week has been a fantastic week for me yeah I feel like I'm actually making progress in my course for the first time <laughs> ever um it was nice to be back in school as much as I was worried about it it's nice to be back um but yeah so I just got distracted my brother's got I'm in my brother's room it's a whole story, but he's got Percy Jackson on his shelf, and I didn't even realize he owned them books. So, read them, read them, read them. <laughs> okay. I've not read all of them, but I read the first
1: like two, and they were really, they're so good. Like, the first one is like how I killed my math teacher, it's just the first
0: like chapter, and you're like, oh, okay, cool, cool, love that. Um, but yeah, other than having a good week academically, which I thought was going to be awful, um, angry is is yeah. my emotion of the week yeah. not just for what we're going to talk about but other stuff but it links so we'll talk about it then as well um
1: i'd like to add like my I, I feel the same like going back to school like i felt so happy i was on like an absolute high on friday but i think it's as well because it's like i had so much social interaction that's what it like, is yeah and like i've been deprived of that much social interaction so i was like <gasps> people it
0: was mm-hmm. It was exhausting, don't get me wrong. Like oh, yeah. I was so tired by Friday, but it it was good to be back. What am I reading? So <laughs> in a week I finished um The Wicked King, the second Crawl Prince book. Mm-hmm. Audiobooks are bad for me because I finished them in about three days. Because I don't like to have thoughts in my head, so I normally play music, but this time I was listening to a book. So for about i'm gonna say a solid 12 hours of the day i was listening to an audiobook so that that was finished real fast currently on the third one which is the queen of nothing um i have faults but obviously i can't say them on here because beth hasn't read them so i need someone to talk to about it so if you've read the first two books and the potentially the third one as well please message because i need someone to talk to about these books. Message
1: on the instagram because maddie controls that one and i won't yep. spoil this, yep. so go go for it
0: uh-huh i also finished last night um magic study which is the second book in the poison study well chronicles of ixia um again lots of faults it was so bad it was good it was like shit shark films it was incredible
1: <laughs> i love shit shark films
0: <laughs> yeah um I'm still going to recommend it to everyone because don't get me wrong like the first like 200 pages excellent and then the last 150 pages absolutely horrendous don't know what happened between them two sections of the book it's a little bit concerning but I will recommend it to anyone who asks for a book Mm -hmm. um still haven't picked up sorry I have
1: a really random question uh Mm -hmm. you've got all the Morganville vampires right
0: Yep, except for book three and four
1: okay well can i borrow them and then some point we'll talk about them on the podcast i have a real absolutely.
0: desire
1: absolutely yes <laughs> so we can do the same with poison study because you seem really passionate about it
0: i you know what it's just nostalgia at this point like i read it when i was like 14. i probably shouldn't have read it when i was 14 because there's a lot of trauma that goes on in that book but <laughs> but it's just stuck with me like i read so many books during that period of time and they're the ones that are stuck with me which is a little bit worrying um What else? Have not picked up *The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue*, and I also haven't picked up um, *Touch of*, *Touch of*. What's the second one called? Ruin. Darkness. Darkness. That's the one. I started both of them, but I haven't picked them up this week at all. And I've been watching *Criminal Minds*. That's about (laughs)
1: it.
0: That sound lives rent free in my mind literally yeah and i know you don't skip that never that never. is a long intro got... to not skip i know
1: but i wait every single time until i see spencer reed and then by that <laughs> point it's too late so in it's catchy i would probably be further ahead in the series if i skipped the introduction
0: 100 know... you've probably sat for about an hour just oh, watching just the, the intro <laughs> yeah. but i love it so you you can't fault it fair enough on to more serious topics Mm. so at the big it was the beginning of the week wasn't it sarah everard i don't know because we have a lot of american listeners go for it
1: i was just also to clarify the beginning of this week was international women's week and today we are recording on mother's day this should be a very like like female positive week. And it has been the complete opposite. Cause considering we started the week last Sunday in America, the Meghan Markle and Prince Harry kind of interview with Oprah came out and there's been a lot of kind of like slander against women um, and like who are in like difficult positions who have felt suicidal. it, It was already a negative week to begin with. And then I think, I can't remember the exact date she went missing, but I was seeing at the beginning of the week on my social media, uh, like missing posters for a woman called Sarah Everard. I will yep. let
0: you. Continue. I can't even remember the dates because this week's all blurred into one. But that it might have been Friday actually. Um, body parts were found in in the park in a forest. In
1: a forest.
0: In a forest. And then very shortly after, they uh, arrested and charged a high-ranking police officer for her kidnapping and murder. Also around this time, I've seen several articles and reports of women local to the area that Sarah Everard was from um, reporting indecent exposure and attempted kidnappings. Don't know whether this is from the same guy or different guys. There's also been, that I know of, two other women. We, I'll write their names in the comments because I, I don't want to get it wrong. One has been found dead and the police have said there's... Um, What's the word? There's no. There's
1: nothing, and that's ridiculous. It's it's nothing suspicious. But this girl, blessing, she was she was going from her home to, or like going from home to work, like a work placement. I think she was a carer. It's like a two hour journey, but she was found dead on a beach, and the police are saying that up. she
0: drowned.
1: Yeah, always it like it's not suspicious. I'm actually gonna cry. This is so deeply
0: upsetting. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, um, and they they're not investigating it because they don't think it's suspicious. A young okay. girl who's clearly been murdered.
0: Yep. And obviously in our society, Sarah Everard is the one who's got all of the media attention because she's white, blonde, 30 year old woman. Um, Uh, The
1: media in the United Kingdom and worldwide is massively, massively racist, which was again highlighted at the beginning of the week with everyone's reaction to Meghan Markle's, like, I, I personally thought it was a phenomenal interview. I thought she was very bare, very, very vulnerable, and especially in regards to speaking about her mental health and some of the... Kind of bombshells that she kind of dropped in regards to like the royal family. Um, but yeah, the media is very racist and it's not surprising that these other women, and again, these are the only ones that we've been able to find, but you yeah. know, like in the United Kingdom, every three days, a woman is murdered by her ex or partner. Which is awful. absolutely
0: unacceptable. Um, so we're recording this on Sunday. Saturday, they. Well, they were planning on having a vigil for Sarah Everard in um, Clapham Common, which is the park in the area that she walked through in order to go home that night. Um, She didn't get kidnapped and attacked. As we can tell in that park, she was walking along a main road, was the last place that she was caught on, like, um, I think it was someone's doorbell um, camera. Mm. So they applied for um, permits to have this vigil. They kept getting shut down. So the... um, I don't know if it's like um, a company or a charity or whoever was setting this up. They just cancelled the event, but people still showed up. Um, because people want to um, mourn, they want to pray, they want to remember the life that's been lost. Um, Along with all of
1: the other women who have been sexually abused, sexually assaulted. Oh, God, we should have put a trigger warning, sorry.
0: Um, I can We can go back and record one at the end and I'll edit it into the beginning. Um, um,
1: but like it, it's it's a vigil for Sarah Everard, but also all of the other women who've gone missing, all the other women who've never had justice. Um, yeah.
0: So for the most part during the day, I think it was socially distanced. People kept that everyone had masks on. I want to point out all of the videos; every single person had masks on. But by the time it got to night, because at nine thirty, which is the last time that Sarah Everard was um, seen alive, um, they wanted to. I don't know if it was like a minute of silence or something but loads of people gathered in the park after dark police were there during the day from what i could tell i could be wrong so if i am let us know um they waited until and we're not bashing the police we've both got family members who are like members of the police but the way this situation was handled i don't think we're acceptable we're not condoning breaking a national lockdown either Mm. i mean
1: as well, consider because we both work in schools and we want the coronavirus to be over. We both believe in, like, you know, kind of keeping everyone safe. So we can't condone, like, the fact that there was not social distancing. There were people who were wearing their masks, but there was no social distancing. But the reaction of the police, the very kind of physical reaction from the police, was atrocious. Especially happening after dark. And it's uh, a lot of young women. Mm-hmm. And the thing that I saw that's broken my heart is that so keeping, they, they really, they did not read the room, you can tell they didn't read the room because, so lots of young women went, but they went with their friends, they went with people that they knew, so that they had someone to walk home with, and these groups of girls were being split up, um, and the police were taking young girls away from their friendship groups, there are now girls who would have to walk home alone after this event, other young girls have been possibly arrested, you see, you know, there's this photo or like a few photos I've seen of this one girl with bright red hair is one of those kind of photos you'll see in a history book in a few years time
0: mm-hmm.
1: and she's kind of she's dragged away in a video and you see her pinned to the floor and she's there with her mask she's got this absolute look of defiance in her eyes but she's being pinned down by two police officers I'm like is she really that threatening I mean I saw her before she was pulled away she's literally just stood by the railings in silence frozen not doing anything wearing her mask yeah and she's pulled away by police officers.
0: What's more and upsetting, I try need to. to... Like
1: grab her. Sorry, so people tried to grab her, and then the yeah. police are like throwing them back.
0: Yep. She's a young yep. girl. She's
1: about our age, and it's disgusting. I'm mad.
0: Like these men, I mean, majority were men, police officers, officers, almost twice their size from the video that I have seen. I don't think I, I think they could have been taken. They, even if they still wanted to arrest them, they could have found a way of arresting them without using that level of violence with them it was very aggressive the way they literally ripped them away from their friends and from that railing and the people that were trying to hold on to them there was no need for that i don't think and like you said they weren't reading the room they were there to remember a woman who allegedly because he hasn't been tried yet he's just been charged um was murdered by a high-ranking police officer and then all of these girls were being ripped away from their friends by police officers. Like, read the room. And I was going to say as well, what's more upsetting is, I didn't see it at the time, I don't know where I was, but there was something to do with football. Of course it was, because sport in this country and football is the be-all and end-all, apparently. Um, During the national lockdown, there were football fans marching down the street in their hundreds. Most, Some of them not wearing their masks, I might add. And police officers were escorting them down the road. Taking selfies. Yep. Not arresting them. Walking with them. So whether this reaction was because of this specific situation um, and if it was, that's deeply upsetting. But like I said, we're not here to bash the police. We don't have all the the information. What we do know is... Um, and again, don't have all of the information, I just, I saw a TikTok on it this morning, Um, is that they're effectively taking away the right to protest. They're changing domestic terrorist to the term aggravated activist, which is that the same thing? I don't think so. Um, So effectively, any type of protest, whether it be peaceful or not, is a criminal offence. That's going through parliament at the moment. I don't think it's in place yet. I don't think it. I don't think it will. I I hope it won't be put in place. Um, but yeah, if football fans are allowed to march down their streets in the hundreds, why aren't hundreds of people allowed to gather in a park to remember um, the death of Sarah Everard? It's awful. And actually,
1: there's like the the- there's something I've been angry all week, and I've not been able to place exactly what it is that's made me so angry. And then I realised I think it's because in some discussions that I've had with friends this week, it's it's the conversation of like, oh, she did everything right. And I realize I hate that saying she did everything right because she was she was on the phone with her boyfriend because apparently we can only be protected from sexual assault if, well, sometimes we can only be protected from sexual assault or harassment if a man is involved to protect us, even if that virtually, but she was on the phone with her boyfriend. She was wearing bright colorful clothes. She um, took well-lit main roads Uh, and she, yeah, she did everything right, but she was still killed. And it's, I hate saying that because it's that realization of we have all been, as women raised to walk home, carrying our, you know, keys between our fingers. We've been raised to wear these, we've been raised to live by these rules, to not get attacked. What have men been raised to do? Have they had anything like this? Have they ever been told like what to do? Like, okay, well, it's simple enough. Just don't attack women. Don't sexually harass, don't assault women. But it's apparently it's a bit too difficult for them to do that.
0: The not all men came campaign thing, I'm saying campaign very loosely because what the fuck is that shit? No, it's shit. just a bunch of fuckheads that don't want to admit that they are part of the problem. Literally. And they're going, well, men are scared to walk home at no- night by themselves as well. Yeah, because of other men. <laughs> it's not because of women. The whole thing about like you said of women, like girls being taught from a young age like even whilst we was at uni we had conversations with people who were supposed to be in charge of protecting us about how the safety of the area and they told us to walk home together and to hold panic alarms so then we said no but we are being followed
1: home whilst we're walking in groups oh well maybe um maybe walk home with like a boy with you yeah but we have and like those people have still been following us home okay well we'll provide you with rape alarms they brought the rape alarms they were broken oh can yeah. you provide us with new ones no this is
0: all we have yeah. and the- mm. Mm. so maybe you know instead of telling still teach girls yes because i 100 we should be educated on ways in which we can protect ourselves we shouldn't have to be but i think we need to know all of that stuff maybe also educate the boys don't attack women you have no control over them. You have no right to their bodies. Why is mm-hmm. that so difficult for them to understand or to yeah. even teach, even in the schools? With um, uh, I'm gonna go off on a tangent <laughs> um, with dress codes, especially in America. Here we're in. I'm just gonna give you an example of my school, right? So in year nine, we had a new head teacher. They changed our uniform, so we was allowed to. We was originally allowed to wear any skirts we want, any trousers we wanted. Okay. They then changed the rule in year nine that we had to have a um, specific school. Sk- but if we was to wear these knee length skirts that had absolutely no shape to them whatsoever, they were basically a sack. We also had to wear tights and they couldn't be sheer tights. They had to be completely black because otherwise our legs would distract the boys. What kind of bullshit is that? We was completely covered from our neck to our knees because we weren't allowed to take our blazers off without permission but you know our calves are going to distract the boys from learning instead of you know if something like that happens teaching the boys their body is not yours it it doesn't matter in any circumstance what they're wearing no our calves are the problem i don't get it i really don't understand it and this was a female head teacher Mm. And like all these behaviors the, we just, we need to be educating
1: young men into basically saying, here's how you can make women feel safer. Here's how you can, you know, well, there's no way to uh, like teach people how to not attack women. You just don't attack women yep. or, men, or men. It doesn't matter who you don't attack other people. Um, but I had a really upsetting conversation with my mum last night because we were sat and talking about it. And it's like hearing my mum saying that, like, and it's, it's, it's upsetting how I wasn't surprised, but also hearing the words kind of come from my mum saying like, oh yeah, no, I've, I always had to walk home with my keys between my fingers. I've always had to take the longer route home because it's more, it's well lit, um, but it was safer for me to do so. And I nearly cried hearing my mum say that because I then had that realisation of like, well, what's changed for me? Nothing. And one day I want to have lots and lots of kids and I will have daughters. And I know that the world won't, have changed um and I it actually kills me knowing that I'm gonna have kids one day and my daughters aren't gonna nothing will have changed for them mm-hmm. I mean you can bet your bottom dollar that all of my kids are going to be going to f- like mixed martial arts self-defense classes so if someone even tries <laughs> my kids <laughs> will fight them but it's just that nothing
0: has changed yep so I had an experience on International Women's Day of all days um work group chat so in a professional environment i'm not talking at the school this is my retail job our deputy manager posted a like a text post a meme effectively that was a sign of an international women's day um poster with the caption well they could have at least ironed it this was put into a professional work chat my boss the manager of the store didn't shut that shit down he said that's brave to post that in this chat he, right, first of all, if there's any boys listening, I know there's a couple, I, like, I feel like it's predominantly female, but if that shit happens, it, it is your responsibility to call that shit out and shut it down. That I, I know you shared it on your personal, um, I, was inst- just saying- I can't remember his name.
1: I can tell you everything. I can also quote parts of it. There is a comedian. He's a Scottish comedian called Daniel Sloss. I love him. He's very funny. He has two Netflix specials. Go watch them. He's really great for balancing out really like funny stories, but like a really kind of like overarching serious message. And he did a phenomenal um, bit. It's only like two minutes long talking about sexual assault and sexual harassment um, and he does this a bit at the beginning where he talks about like how if all the women who had ever been sexually assaulted went to the police uh, there is not a like enough courtrooms and judges and police officers in the world to deal, to deal with the problem which is a reminder of how big it is and he's talking about um, how he personally failed to stop a rapist um, and he says because listen if one in ten men um, is, is a rapist. And the other nine, are, you know, aren't rapists, but they do nothing. You might as well not fucking be there. And he then talks about how he said he noticed, he was he was saying his one of his male friends raped one of his female friends. And he said, over the years, did he see toxic and harmful behaviors towards women like that his friend exhibited? Yes. Did he ignore them and not call his friend out? Yes. And then when his friend raped his friend, he said, that is something that is on me till the day I die because I could have prevented that. I knew his behaviour wasn't healthy and that's on me till the day I die. And, and I think it's just a really well done bit. I think it was really well written um, and I was going to send it to you to be like, can we post it on our social media?
0: Yeah, um, I'll do that after. But it's just, yeah, this was a professional work chat and they were posting that shit in there. And I will have the conversation with him when he, he's, he's on holiday at the moment. But I am planning on having a conversation with him to let him know how harmful. I know it's meant to be a joke. I'm fully aware it's meant to be a joke. But I also know that you know that that's going to annoy people. So what's funny about it is it's funny because it, it annoys people. Is that what's funny? In which case you need to look at yourself and seriously assess your thought process. Because mm-hmm. that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I was going to say, just some little self-defense tips for girls. And we can share some self-defense tips as well. I've heard putting your keys in between your fingers, don't do that. All you're going to do is tear the skin between your fingers, hold it like a torch and slash, don't stab. Um, Walk home in groups if you can, avoid unlit areas. Um, if you have do? A, I
1: say if you have an iphone if you are in a dangerous situation make sure you have emergency contact set up if you feel like you are in danger you can press your the lock button five times and it will give you a countdown like three two one it will blare an alarm and it will call the police yeah. um obviously in this week's situation it's
0: that's a difficult not thing
1: cut if um, it's a thing
0: I've heard as well that if you are approached by a police, someone who claims to be a police officer or a police officer knocks on your door, you can ring 999 and ask them to check whether there's supposed to be a police officer in your area. And you will be able to hear that radio conversation through the door, or if they're standing in front of you, you'll be able to see it. Um, So if you are approached by someone like that, that is a way to actually know whether they have true intentions or not. Share your, um, so me and Beth, have our location shared on i like find my friends so share your location with someone you trust equally we've done i think we've done it a couple of times if i'm walking home from somewhere i like voice note like little updates of where i am because at least then we'll be
1: on the phone with each other uh which speaking of you know you there was that one time i wasn't able to drive you home and you walked through that park you are never doing that again i'm not letting you
0: That was a stupid mistake on my behalf. I shouldn't have walked that way. Um, But equally, I wouldn't have felt any safer walking along the road because in my head, anyone can stop a car and grab you. So, yeah. But, like, the voice notes, like, if you're going to voice note someone, I always give, like, little, like, landmarks of where I am because then they can track the time of where you were, try and walk past CCTV. what are them? What are them little um, doorbells called? What the doorbell? ones with the camera. I'm not sure. I can't. There's a name for it. Um, anyway, I know the route that, like, to get to my dad. There's certain houses with them cameras on, and they pick up motion and they record. Um, so I always walk that way because I know that they're there, <laughs> which is kind of sad, isn't it? If you think yeah. about it. Um, yeah, I'm
1: trying to think. Um... um, If you are a woman with a car, um, what I do is whenever I get into my car, uh, the first thing I do is I close my door and I lock... My doors as soon as I get in, because in my area a few years ago, it was a very popular thing of like if your window was down and you stopped in traffic, people would just open your car door and kick you out and steal your car. But also, for many other reasons, I just keep my car doors locked. I sweep the back of the car, make sure no one else is in there. Um, if you see something like if someone has put like a leaflet or tied, like if there is something on your car, um, don't touch it, don't touch it, drive away. Um, like sometimes I've seen like I once got like a like a parking ticket so like I grabbed that but I got into my car to read it because that's more of like in regards like human trafficking people will do things they distract you looking at whatever's on your car you grab it Um, and I have had a number of friends that have had those kinds of things happen where things have been put on their car and they've immediately taken the advice of okay either leave it and drive away or whatever also if you are driving you and you think someone is following you do not drive straight home do not drive straight like you can maybe drive straight to a friend's if you know where the nearest police station is go there or just drive around until you think you might be able to lose this person like it's i'm i'm lucky enough that i live near like a dual carriageway and a motorway and that's a place where there's lots of cars where i could attempt to like try and lose whoever it is but um yeah
0: it's fucking terrible we
1: have to have this conversation. The fact that we have to give advice to people of like, here's how to not get killed and kidnapped and
0: trafficked and raped. Here, how fucked up is that? So fucked up. Do you know what's messed with my head as well? I, I love criminal mind stuff. I love all of that sort of stuff. Episodes of loofah, Places where I thought I would normally be safe. Lufa's shut that shit down real fast and been like, actually, there's an episode on public transport. It's I not know even that, that late I, at night. I've not, I've not seen this, but I've heard about it, and that's why uh-huh. I, this is the episode as to why I will never watch Luther. Yep, I'm, I'm talking like seven or eight o'clock at night. The time comes up on the screen. He just like snakes his way across the bus to in order to murder someone. Also, I will never be a delivery person because again, another episode of Luther. Um, he just orders food, or he asks like, um, he like requests for a plumber to be sent out, and once they're in his house, oh, he just murders them. Oh, solid. Great. A star. 10 out of 10. Like What the hell? And then um, there's another episode as well where it's like a a house share. So it's all girls living together. He just breaks into the house and hides in the closet. And then when she goes into him, room, he jumps out. So I always, and it's so bad, check underneath my bed and check like I've got like racks of clothes I check behind there and when I did have a wardrobe I would check in my wardrobe like how bad is that in our own house that I like we go around and we check all of that
1: Mm. or like I was going for a walk with a friend the other day because we are now legally allowed to meet one person outside and like sit at a bench I went for a walk socially distanced but like there were dodgy people around my house it was like making oh there's a flasher who lives in my area on my main walking route, um, in the forest, it's a it's a public family footpath. There is a man who will flash you, he will chase you and keep trying to expose himself. He was arrested, but they apparently didn't have enough evidence, so he's now back out and is allowed to continue assaulting people. And keep in mind What he's, evidence he's, do they need? Like, and keep in mind he does this to young women, old women, women with children. But he's still out there, still still does it. So I don't feel safe going there. Like that's one of the reasons why I've stopped running. Uh, but I also can't, I don't like running on the main road because as you said, anyone can stop a car and pull you in. So it's mm-hmm. that thing of like, well, I can't exercise now. But I feel like we've been talking for a long time already. We've <laughs> got to the book. Um, if you couldn't tell, we're very feminist, very ah. Um, we've I think we've really well timed like recording this episode because obviously this book is very much about a woman regaining her power and kind of like saying like never again am I going to stand for this? Never again, never again. Speaking of really randomly, Maddie, by the way, I have found a mixed martial arts class that you and I can do together.
0: Excellent, let's go. No
1: questions and asked. Doesn't we, matter about money. I'm there. <laughs> and we and we don't have to be embarrassed because it can be a personal training session. So
0: just you, me, and a trainer. Love that. Let's go. I'd go right so, now if we weren't in a lockdown. Literally. Oh, did we want to cheer up a little bit? I was thinking, um, song of the day? You messaged me song this the, of the other day. The day. Song of the day,
1: yeah. Yeah, Maddie and I are starting to do a little song of the day thing. I think my my song of the day is the same one as it was the other day. Um Awesome! In good news.
0: Happy Happy Mother's Day, everyone. Yeah, Happy Mother's Day. My song of the day um, is Soulmate by Lizzo.
1: Good. Um, I think mine is still Scream Drive Faster by Laurel. Or there is also a song that it's not my song of the day. It's just really stuck in my head, and it's called Slumber Party by. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce pronounce the name, but it's the girl who does the I'm crazy, but you like that.
0: I know um, exactly what song you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it's
1: the like me. <laughs> and you're done the I in the house. I uh, give the girlfriend kind of on the couch. Uh, I literally have listened to it on repeat today.
0: So, those are my two. That. Sorry, I oh, was cheeky. Enough. I have an honorable mention too. Um mm-hmm. Up.
1: Oh my gosh, I love Up. One upon a time, and I heard that I was <laughs> ugly. <laughs>
0: okay right we need to okay. sorry i just clapped. So, i don't know how loud that was but we need to go so okay.
1: quick we- quick warning uh so where we left off was um reese had been absolutely terrible and said cassian get nesta out of the city before i fucking kill her because reese is really a shitty person um i'd also like to state uh as a reminder should have done this at the beginning of the episode but there are uh, se- uh warnings of like sexual assault uh violence also we're gonna swear
0: because we swear like- we already have <laughs> yeah
1: what happens when we get angry um so basically what happens is um Cassian has taken Nestor out of the city. She's kind of just gone numb. She is not kind of processing her emotions. She's just kind of, like, frozen. Um, Cassian's like, I've got wings, so I can't carry the backpack. So she's carrying this massive backpack.
0: Why did Az... As- Sorry to interrupt. I think it's mentioned that As packed the bag. He, like, passes it to him. He knew that Cassian was not going to be able to carry that bag. He still uh, packed it. It's all part of the punishment. All part of the punishment. He's sneaky. <laughs> mm-hmm
1: um but yeah so they're hiking for a few days um and it gets to the point of uh, Nesta kind of is like withdrawing she's not really eating much she's not she stops drinking water and Cassian and her aren't really talking she just kind of lies there and falls asleep and she can hear the sound of the fire behind her crackling every night um there's a point where they're hiking and Cassian's up ahead and he hears a noise behind her and like Nesta's passed out and like smacked her face on the floor Cassian obviously he's he's head over heels in love with her he is a simp he runs over and picks her up um they keep walking and eventually they make it to the river or there's a lake and it's beautiful and she just breaks down um and she kind of like completely opens up to Cassian and she tells him everything like even about the fire and how the fire like the sound of the crackling of the fire reminds her of hearing her dad's neck being broken and it's a really, really raw moment. Like, I mean, this is like, this bit of dialogue goes on for a couple of pages of her just talking to Cassian about everything. Um, Yeah. And like she, and she's, and like Cassian is like really open and vulnerable as well. Like he's talking about like how he's dealt with things and processed his own trauma. Um, And they're talking about, how she's kind of like I want to I want to be better I want I want to be happier but I don't know how, um, and he's like, look, you're not going to be alone. I'm going to help you through this. Like, I'm not letting you suffer in silence.
0: You're not you're not alone. Here's the thing, right? Mm-hmm. He mentions I think it's this part, and it's just I think it's before we didn't really talk about it, but it went, it's when he talks about his mum and his mum's story, like mm-hmm. to Nesta, and he basically says that he. As Reese, they needed decades to get over their trauma, right? But the Archeron sisters get a year, and they're if like, that, if, "If that, if they're, that, they're like, absolutely I mean, not. You need to pull your shit together right now." Like, I hello,
1: Faye has gone through consistent trauma because she had, you know, the trilogy of trauma, and then into this book with the baby. Um, like, and and she's expected to like be back up and like happy and healthy, and like, oh,
0: it's just terrible. Wow. Also, the part that really broke my heart—it's in Cassian's point of view—and um, he said, that you know, I think it says like the storm had broken, and it was not what Cassian had expected. He had expected rage, capable of bringing down mountains, not tears—tears enough to fill this lake." And I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> because also, I know I can go one of two ways: I'm either going to be fucking furious, or I'm just going to cry. No in between. That is me i feel like they're all my emotions <laughs> that's summed up right there
1: i also one thing i i one thing i remember who was it, it was the my one of my uh, people people that i really like um at mass underscore trash i love her um ages ago she'd kind of like released or like she'd kind of said she was really upset hearing about how much sex there was going to be in this book and she was like i i don't want this to just be a smutty book and not like, actually explore Nesta's trauma and, like, her healing, um, and, like, that was something that we both deeply agreed with, um, and in reflection, now after reading this book, now, yes, this book, like, we've not really talked about the sex scenes, we've mentioned them in part, um, but the thing that I have really taken away from this is, so we have that gorgeous moment where there like, she has this breakdown and breakthrough, And I think, like, a few pages later, they're talking about them having sex by the lake. And I'm like, really? It's with... um, Soul-searching moment, it's then that.
0: It's literally... So they have... Like, she breaks down. Cassian helps pick... Like, help her pick herself back up. And then he, like... They start training because the training helps Nesta. The next page, which is the third part of the book, it says... So you mean to tell me that you got into a fight with your family, disappeared for a week of Cassian and came back able to use an actual sword, but I'm supposed to believe you when you say nothing happened? And I'm like... (laughs) And then it's like, uh, I think it's the next page. They're like, oh no. It's literally after it says, tell me you at least had a week's worth of sex.
1: Yeah. And then she goes, there might have been some... After that night beside the lake, her and Cassian had lingered there for two entire days, either training with his sword or fucking like animals on the
0: shore. Why? You did this for why? You, you did this for why? It's not even but- important. It's not even a big section of the book. I don't feel they even mention it until that point. So why did you feel the need to include it in there? like
1: now part of me understands like so Nesta is going through a number of journeys, she's going through like the journey of like finding friendship and found family, she's having this deep emotional kind of journey of healing, she's having a romantic journey with Cassian and I mean emotionally and romantically I think her connection with Cassian and sex as well as kind of helping her overcome um the trauma that she had in her sexual assault. But like the way this is happening is just like deep, angry, ah, not like tender, like sweetness. Like I will look <laughs> up. Like it's just, it's just like being thrown in at points, and I'm like, this is smutty just for the sake of being smutty. Um, so we just so that, so it's kind of skipped a few days. So they were up, having sex in the mountains for some reason. Um, although the whole hiking thing. That whole hiking journey does come back into the story later on and how important that experience was for her. Um, uh, But then they go back and obviously Gwyn and Emery are like, oh, so you're telling us you were away for like a week and you didn't get, but then they go on to the next kind of part of their Valkyrie training, which is there's a ribbon and they have to like, you have to be able to like slice the ribbon in a certain way. And if you cut the ribbon, you are officially a Valkyrie. Um, I believe it's in this chapter, all three of them cut it. Yeah, but <laughs> Who, who's the first one? Is it Emery or Gwyn?
0: It's Gwyn, I think. I'm sure it's Gwyn. Because she sets it up. Oh,
1: hold on. I'm sure it's her. Oh, uh, no. No? Oh, no, it's Cassian that cuts it. Like,
0: lol, look what I can do. And they're all like, fuck off, Cass. I think I've got um, it in here somewhere. Oh, it's, it's not until later they cut it.
1: Oh, yep. And then they go straight into sex.
0: Yep. (laughs)
1: Um, But they are, they're eventually, Nestor is welcomed back home with the inner circle. Well, I say welcomed back. Um, They need to find the next part of the trove, which is the harp. And they know that the harp is under the prison with all of the monsters. And uh, Nestor is going to go with Cassian. That is what is decided.
0: and sorry, it is Gwyn. Just because I think we're gonna skip over it, it is Gwyn who cuts it first.
1: I love Gwyn so <laughs> much. Too. I love Gwyn.
0: Um Yeah, Nesta was last, Henry was second. Sorry, carry
1: mm-hmm. on. Okay. So um up next, so basically they're gonna go um to yeah they basically I'm just gonna summarize it they go to the prison um and I don't even remember how it happens but they go they go in and Nestor's the only one that can go into the harp and something gets into her head she sees a whole vision of her have oh no was it Lanthrys is a monster that Cassian fought and it's unlocked from its thing by the harp it gets inside her head and it's like here's a future that we can have she has in her mind the thing has sex with her and she's like what
0: yeah you need to close your ears for a second
1: hold on give me one second
0: this is a throne of glass spoiler by the way um i'll just just put
1: you on mute wave at me okay throne of glass spoiler wave at me
0: okay um so i had a conversation with um one of the listeners so i think her name's laura if you're listening hi um baby's just dancing in front of me Um, Laura said that Lanfris and Erewhon have a very similar description and I don't know if they're meant to be the same person but that's it, okay she's not even looking at me so I can't hello (laughs) hi bonsoir but yeah so
1: there's a monster there Um, and also some soldiers appear, I think they're auto
0: later so um, Nesta grabs the harp. Yes, she has that whole vision thing, and then somehow she, to get out, she has to pluck a chord. Um, but that opens the door that she's in. Let's her, let go of the harp and opens Lantharus's lamp, Lanthro. Lamp-riss, I don't know his cell door. So they go back out, and he's just there. He's kind of like Misty. <laughs> That's him, right? He's Mist. Yeah, he's a Misty boy. But plot twist, Nestor's sword, can one swipe of that, oh, he's got a physical form again, so Cassian can do a murder.
1: What's what's his sword called again? Isn't it like Ataraxia? Ataraxia. And it means inner peace.
0: Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler (laughs) alert. Yeah, but Cassian's injured in the process. He's like always dying. The part that I was really confused about, Cassian sees Lamphrist out of his cell. He goes to Nesta, run, because there's absolutely no way we're both gonna make, out, make it out of this alive. I'm gonna like distract him, you need to run with the harp. She runs, she actually runs, bearing in mind, she's got like a harp, a magical harp in her hand that can effectively do anything. Spoiler for the end of the book, we learn it pauses time, so why couldn't she do this here? Um, she runs almost to the exit, and then she has a full, actually I can't let Cassian die. <laughs>
1: Runs back to a bunch of the autumn court soldiers yeah yeah so then she's like oh my exit's blocked
0: <laughs> <laughs> and she's like yeah i should actually save cassian as well so runs back gets him um this is when the sword things happen she swipes banthrys cassian stabs him and then she instead of fighting the soldiers like cassian wants to she plucks the cord of the harp and they winnow to um i think it's the new like townhouse in yeah and and
1: they just collapse yeah um the night there's a next little part of the book where once cassian's healed uh cassian and nesta go back to the cottage from the first book where um is that here yeah uh so it's a little bit like a few pages later um they go back to the cottage and she it's just like a reminiscent chapter and we get a little bit more of like backstory um and Cassie and see the um like where you go. Hold on, what's the bit? Um Yeah, no, it's it, I kind of like this chapter, just like figuring, just like seeing a bit more about Nesta and stuff. Um and before she leaves, she sees some of her father's wood carvings. So I think she picks them up and takes them with her. Um Oh, now up, okay, I'm just going through like the highlighted section, not highlighted, like the, um, what are they called? Post-it note sections of the book. Okay, on page 576, so it's like late at night, something's happening, Nesta's like, what, what the fuck is up, Kyle? So she goes into the house, and she walks into the dark pit, that like, uh, at the bottom of the house, uh, at the bottom oh, of the library. yes. She realises it's the heart of this house, she goes... This, this darkness is your heart. Uh, A winter solstice present for me. Um, But your, and was it, she says, but your darkness, you were trying to show me, show others who you are deep down, what haunts you. You were trying to show them all those dark broken pieces because the priestesses, Emery and I were the same as you. Uh, She let the darkness sweep in, she embraced it. I'm not afraid, you are my friend, you are my home. And thank you for sharing this with me. And I was reading this part of the book like
0: (laughs) Here's the thing, right? When I was reading it the first time, I was like, what the fuck is happening here? What is happening? Why is the house alive? I mean, we know it's alive because it helps her, but I was just like, what? And I was very confused about the dark heart thing, but I got it now, now that I've read it again for like the fifth time. Um. <laughs> um, my next sticky note is with Eris. The bad bitch moment. Yes, in the in under I put under the mountain, but that's not the right place. Court it's of um, Nightmares. Yeah,
1: I get it. So it's it's they're having a ball. Um, and I I I liked I love this chapter. Um, I thought it was really well written because this is the first time they're going to the Court of Nightmares to celebrate solstice. But this is the first time anyone's seen Feyre and she's now showing. And again, Eris is there at the ball and they're gonna they're using Nesta to help kind of like keep Eris invest like interested. Um mm-hmm. But it's just that it's like a real almost the first okay my favorite scene I think ever in this series is when we see Feyre and Reese and Cass and Azriel and more go to the court of nightmares for the first time it's such a powerful moment in Akramath, fantastic,
0: fantastic moment
1: immaculate but in this scene it's what is it um what was it oh so the towering doors open to the throne room Reese looks as usual handsome self, and Feyre the room gasped basically this is them announcing that Feyre is pregnant um and she, what was it, it's she wore a dress of black, uh, sparkling black panels, much like the one she'd first worn here, and it did nothing to hide her but My only thought was the dress she first wore there was essentially sexy rags. Is that <laughs> yeah. what
0: she's Yeah, 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 she is.
1: <laughs> cool, got it. Yeah. Um, but then Nesta, oh, it's this description because it's Cassian's point of view. Um, Elaine comes in wearing black and there's a whole bit about how, like, and this, mm, there's something interesting about this chapter descri- when they're describing Elaine. I have theories about Elaine, but we'll talk about it later. Mm-hmm.
0: She, it's, she's described as being beautiful, isn't she? But her wearing black completely, like, wipes all of the life out of her, essentially. Like, she's beautiful, but nobody's like, yeah. wow. It
1: leeches the brightness from her face. The, uh, the colour wore her rather than her wearing it. Um, but it says, just this one line I love, Nesta in Nightcourt black threatened to bring him to his knees. Ugh, I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, and basically, oh, and oh, Nesta. Uh, Nesta seemed to glow with attention. She owned
0: it. She commanded it. I love have, how powerful she is. Have you seen official Hambly, I think is her handle on Instagram. She's made a Nesta dress. Like she's made it. <gasps> no, it's stunning it's so pretty and it's exactly how i would picture her wearing like what she would be wearing in this scene oh, i'll send it to you to
1: it. i'm we sure i've it. sent
0: it to you i'm sure i sent it on instagram but i'll send it again
1: Said it again um basically what happens then up uh, next is eris comes over and he's they're basically like oh to keep up courtly friendships oh it, it was like fair it was like oh i would dance with you but i'm like super pregnant and elaine leave her so nesta's gonna dance with you nesta is a phenomenal dancer um and eris to his credit keeps up um and she's basically like just they're spinning and it's magical and wonderful and literally like go
0: back and listen to because this is the um swan lake music i want to go back and listen to that whilst i read this scene because i think it'd be incredible hmm tchaikovsky um sorry yeah so eris and nesta are dancing everyone's blown away with nesta this is right i loved the scene where cassian just stormed up and he was like you're dancing with me now like you gotta go away eris this is happening and then eris just walks up to reason and is like he's had three dances with the girl and he goes yeah i want to marry nesta like, I'll literally do anything because she's that good at dancing. <laughs> Are you okay,
1: that. sir? Are you okay? You know what? This It all makes sense now why I am single and not married. Because I'm a terrible dancer. If that's the rule society's going by, I will never marry because my dance skills is the Macarena.
0: I've just got flashbacks to third year at uni was it third might have been set no it must have been third of me trying it to teach must... you dde yeah i was just saying maddie it can't have been second because no. we weren't ready then. <laughs> but then i was thinking we didn't have that long at uni so did i really
1: yeah no you were teaching me dde in third year
0: yep and <laughs> this is one part in the in the routine where we face the front and our arms come up and we were just going surprise <laughs> <laughs> <That's> surprise <right. laughs> And now I can't teach that phrase without thinking about that moment. <laughs> I'm
1: flattered that I've ruined your dance-teaching career. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Thank you for that. Yeah, and anyway, we've missed a second. Um Reese gives Eris, now I don't understand why, the dagger. The dagger that um Nesta made. Nesta made. Why, my dude? You know that's like a magical sword, right? It's got magical powers and you're just giving effectively an enemy it because let's be honest, we don't trust Eris. I love yeah. Eris because he's messy, messy. <laughs> <laughs> but we don't trust him to be a decent human being. Um,
1: yeah, Um, but isn't it like, I think isn't the theory that like apparently if you have something made it can sometimes like stop you from being influenced by things that are made?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, okay. That's why because the Queen Brylian, yeah. Um, she's got the crown. We yeah. know about this, right? And, and,
1: and, yeah, and, yeah. She has the crown, and the crown can influence anyone. The mind. It. Um, but yeah, up next, um, um, it's like the next because it's solstice. They have like their own personal, like family inner circle solstice, and Nesta is allowed to join. I just really love the fact that. So they show up, and um, what's it? So there's a, there's an interaction between Nesta and Elaine, and Elaine's like, "Oh, has Feyre paid you like last year?" Nesta says, "No." Why is she, Elaine
0: being such a bitch? I hate Elaine. Um,
1: but <laughs> but it's, I love this bit, and like, um, Elaine's like, "Oh, please don't upset Farah. It's her birthday first of all." And in her state, and Nesta just goes, "Oh, fuck you." And Elaine laughs and is like, oh, wow, you are changing because you've never spoken to me like this before. I'm like, yeah, but also Elaine, fuck you. <laughs> yeah, I don't like Elaine. And at least, least she had a little bit of,
0: she's gaining a little bit of personality in this book. A little bit, but not, no. not a great one. No, she is still as boring as a cardboard box. Um, there is a moment with Nesta and Azriel as well that I really, really liked. Mm-hmm. Cause he, cause um, what's his name? lucian's there so as is staying as far away as possible to try and let elaine and lucian you know maybe maybe become at least friends because at Mm. this point they're not talking to each other at all he stood by the door and i think nesta goes over there as well because there's a a giant fire is there a fire in this scene i'm sure there is yeah there is
1: a fire um the the bit it says um, shadows darkened his eyes, full of enough pain that she couldn't stop herself from touching his shoulder, letting him see that she understood why he stood in the doorway and why he wouldn't go near the fire. His uh, his secrets to tell, never hers.
0: Yeah, because he says his he shadows don't like the flames. Hmm? Yeah.
1: Oh yeah, because of his hands. Oh yeah. Many
0: realizations. Um, also, Asriel gives Cassian. Is it is it like beef jerky? yeah <laughs> I'm like oh and Azriel giving ne- Nesta a reading light yes I love that
1: um although the only the only time I've ever thought that Elaine had a personality and I actually liked her was in one of the previous books where she gave Azriel like a headache powder because she was like I bet they give you headaches and which he's never help.
0: used it said in his uh, like point of view that he's never touched it it just sits on the side yeah like <laughs> who are you Elaine I don't like Elaine so then it after the solstice celebrations happen nesta goes he, to bed and we find out of the most
1: like an answer we have been waiting for and it's not what i expected
0: no i don't know does that happen first does he say it he, he yes. gives her the music box
1: yes so we find out he's well he's thinking about um uh it's an, like it's He's thinking about um, what, what's in the box. We find out what was in the box previously.
0: Um, like a, a fairy made book, like a tiny, tiny little one.
1: Like a teeny, tiny book. Um, but up next, this year, he got her like, it's like a little music thing. He went back the day after the ball and he got the uh, musicians to play all of those, mu- like that's not the, all of those songs again and extra ones So she can listen to that music whenever she wants.
0: And she turns around and she says, I can't take this. Because it's such like it's like such a heartfelt present. She can't take it because she's going to agree to marry Eris. And when she said that, I was like, "Absolutely not! Are you agreeing to marry Ellis, er- Ellis, Eris? Absolutely not!" But she said that she- he is the type of person that she deserves because she is the same type of person as Eris. They're both monsters, so she deserves him. And Cassian shuts that shit down real fast. <laughs> she's like, "Absolutely not."
1: But she's um, still got that, that defensive up because like they're talking about it, and he's like, Oh, he says to her, like, Oh, I see, you know, you're getting close. It's, you know, maybe it's better to marry a viper like Eris than be with me. And she snaps, I'm not with you, I'm fucking you. And you're like, mm, "Narcissist. Mm. we know how you feel <laughs> the inside. You've been in your POV. Um,
0: but mm. he says something about him being a brute, and she says, Eris is the brute. Um, and he's a piece of shit, and I would marry him because I'm just like him. That part. Um, it,
1: I deserve Aeris, her voice cracks. Yep. Yeah. Um, and then she comes um... to often and is like, Cassie, you're good, you are brave, you were everything amazing. Um, and I didn't, it's this bit that killed me. I didn't des- deserve you before the war or afterwards, and I certainly don't now. Why do you think I shoved you away? Why do you think I won't speak to you? Um, after my father died, after I failed in so many ways, denying myself of you, it was my punishment. And you're like... I
0: know, I know, I know. At that moment. And then, um, you know, Sarah J Maas, it's time for sexy time. (laughs) Because because heartfelt moments always have to come before sex, apparently. Um, But there is language used here about... um, I can't even find it now. Something about... golden fred simmered and sang and i was like oh they're mates i knew before between their souls Mm mm-hmm i was like they are mates i was like and they've got to know they've got to know right but no they wake up the next morning and cassian goes i've got to go to the snowball fight and then i'm going to windhaven for a bit probably a few days and just leaves her there and then doesn't Mm -hmm. come back for like a week it's a long time (laughs) <laughs> and I was like it's been a long time. My god.
1: Um, also, we completely skipped it. I can't remember when it was, but um, a really important bonding moment and it has a really key plot point. I can't again, I can't remember when this was, it's somewhere in this book. There's a point where um, Nesta, Gwyn, and Emery have a sleepover, um, and they mess around because the house has magical powers, so they are we're we in the right like, place oh amazing they make yeah. friendship bracelets with each other that again keep a pin in that come back to that because they make friendship bracelets together like out of love for each other and it, and, and um, nesta
0: puts the wishes in it because they had to make a wish afterwards nesta puts them in all three key yeah. point this scene though was incredible they're all sat in bathtubs with no water just bubbles and the house just giving them stuff like the house has become a
1: pegasus <laughs>
0: the house has become a fourth member of their friendship group and it's fantastic
1: i love it um, um, they have a really wonderful night um and it's the next day it says cassie's been gone for five days asriel is there and it's about chopping the ribbon and gwen what's it she says um she whispers to herself i am the rock against which the surf crashes nothing can break me then they all say nothing can break us and she, uh, the, world, the world seems to pause at the words as if it had been following one path and now branched off in another direction. In a hundred years, a thousand, this moment would still be etched in his mind that he would tell his children, his grandchildren, right then and there was when it all changed. Asriel went ho- wholly still as if he too had felt the world shift, as if he too was aware that far larger forces peered into that training ring as Gwyn moved. And as she moves and she's the first one to slice the ribbon Gwyn supremacy I
0: love her I love her also this is the scene it's just after Gwen is like talking to as I think she like strolls past she like flicks her hair she's like staring dead at Asriel it's on page 624 and then Nesta says remember how Gwen was with the ribbon she 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 winked and clapped the shadow singer on the shoulder you're the new ribbon as and I was like oh oh Also, if we haven't made this clear yet, Illyrial don't want it. Don't want it to happen at all.
1: I don't want Elaine even thinking about Asriel. I don't
0: know. Nope. Gwen, on the other hand, very much would like that to happen. Please and thank you, Sarah J. Maas. If she doesn't and Gwen isn't, you know, I know she wants one with each of the Archeron systems, but if Gwen isn't in the next book, I, mm, I will sue um then it's the obstacle courses they don't know why but there is obstacle courses and they all have to go over the obst- obstacle course that happens for a while i don't know and,
1: and at this point there's a number of the other librarians that have been joining them for training but gwyn Emery, and nesta are like at the top of their class every time and overnight uh one of the obstacle courses has changed but they do it they they make it through and Azrael just simply says you've already got your prize you just passed the blood right qualifier congratulations and um Nesta turns around and sees the Lord Devlin and another male are watching and she basically just goes, oh, okay, so we've passed to do the blood right. And they're like, you don't have to do it, but you are qualified. So you can go into it if you want.
0: Also, I don't know if we've missed it or I don't know if it comes a little bit after. It's Starfall. Starfall Nesta- is up next. Yep. Nesta climbs the stairs. I think she just proved to herself that she can do it. She gets all the way down. She turns around, she comes back up. This scene irritated me so much. She goes to watch Starfall and she's still on the balcony of Amron and she kneels down in front of Amron and apologises.
1: When Amron has things to apologise for as well.
0: Exactly and Amron just like accepts it. She's like yes you were a shitty person and thank you for apologising we can be friends again. Mm-hmm.
1: The one thing I do like, though, is that we do get clarity of um, Amarin says, you made the house. When you arrived here, what did you wish for the most? And Nesta says, a friend. Deep down, I just wanted a friend. And she's like, so you made one. With the capital M on made, because, you know, she is made by the cauldron, so she can make things. Mm-hmm. Um, Your power brought the house to life with a silent wish, born from loneliness and desperate need. Uh, and oh, this bit made me sad, Nesta breathed, but my power only creates terrible things. The house is good. She she really thinks so little of herself Mm -hmm. and it breaks my heart. Um Um, but and the thing that gets the thing is I love Amarin, but she has this, I don't like the way she always calls everyone girl. It's it's very like she looks down upon people. And like I understand, like she's older and greater and more powerful than anything we might ever. Was more
0: powerful. Now she has nothing.
1: Again, that we're aware of part of me thinks there could still be a chance of her getting power back. I'd be really grumpy if Amron
0: doesn't care about that. But also Um, like, she needs to find a better way of communicating with people other than just putting herself above them. Like, I don't like the way she talks to people. I don't like the way that she's made Nesta feel like absolute shit about herself. She was her only friend and now, and then just like completely abandoned her and let wow. Faye and Reese do an Uno reverse and just shove her in the tower. <laughs> like, yeah. And then it waits for Nesta to go to her to apologise. Yes, she needs to apologise for some stuff, but equally so do you.
1: Yeah. Um, um, mayor, there's another thing we have needed answered for years and we get it answered here. It's a conversation between Cassian and Nesta. Um, and I think they're having an argument and um, it gets to the point where like, Cassie's saying, look, you weren't ready for the truth, not yet. Her mouth went dry, and he's going, like, say it. Oh, wait, this wait, wait, me- wait, wait,
0: wait, wait. We've
1: got something else before them. <laughs> can I just quickly say before I forget it, this, that whole conversation where he's like, say it, say it, reminds me of the bit in um, Twilight where uh, he's, like, he's like, say it, say what I am, say what I am. <laughs> um, like, I can run fast, my skin is glistening. I just found that funny. Sorry, what have I missed?
0: We have a uh, little meet-up with eris in the spring court we learn this is going to link back to our theories so this is why i'm adding it in um they want to talk about um the middle all of that stuff eris it says eris drugged and nested Nucassian monitors every breath um there are three of them you know sister peaks this one the mountain called the prison and the one under the illyrian brutes called ramiel ramiel yep all bald barren mountains at odds with those around them just keep that in mind for later this is i feel like uh this is the one where um tamlin shows up is it
1: no no no, tamlin showed up earlier. we've already talked about that oh okay disappointed at him
0: um then we have the mate situation so go ahead
1: surprise their mates
0: surprise we We could i could have told you that in like a quarter mist and fury
1: Yeah, Um, but it's the fact that he's screaming at her like, I am your mate for fuck's sake, you're my mate, why are you still fighting? Um, And like, you promised me forever on solstice, why is like one word somehow throwing you off of all that? Um, And what, bless her, she does, uh, like because the thing is like, as humans, they were raised to hate the Fae. So she says, you know, because with that one word, the last scrap of my humanity goes away with that one stupid word, I'm no longer a human, I'm, I'm one of you. So she's still got that thing. Oh, and she calls it her favor this is when everything goes downhill because she calls it her favor because they've still got that bargain give, and she's like look i want you to leave me alone for a little bit i need some time um and she says go to the house of the wind for the night do not speak to me until i come to talk to you or until a week has passed whichever comes first i don't care um and she is winnowed to oh, yeah oh. more
0: takes her this is why is more always there when shit goes down with the mate situation she takes favor to that house no to the little cabin in um a court with mr fury and then she takes nesta to Windhaven too like why Mm. is that the go-to situation but bless her it's about that so nesta made it
1: two steps into emery's shop before she collapsed and started crying gwyn never leaves the library but gwyn like an hour later is winnowed and she arrives um and it's I was, like, shock so it.
0: proud of her at that moment. I was like, go on, Gwyn. Um, yeah. She says some um, things are more important than fear, and I was like, my heart. Hmm. My heart. But <laughs> um, they've, sat,
1: they've been sat there talking... Um, <laughs> the, chapter 63, the last one before, um, before the final part of the book. Um, nesting bar basically it's Cassian's POV um and something's happened um and they go to Emery's place and they can see that um the girls aren't there um Reese uh, comes up beside him his face white with dread Devlon has just confirmed everything the blood right began at midnight and Gwyn Emery Nester have been snatched from their beds to participate in the blood right
0: <laughs> I like, knew they were going to be taking part in it, but when they when Nesta woke up and could hear Gwynn screaming and struggling, I was like, mm, absolutely not! This is not the way. They just rock up into the blood right wearing nightgowns. <laughs> <laughs> Who hmm. thought now is the right time to prove that women can't do shit when they're gonna just they're just gonna die? Like what? <laughs> I don't understand their thought process behind it. Um, anyway. We're on the last part, which is Ataraxia. Mm. Chapter 64. um, Nesta wakes up. So we learn that there's three drop-off points for blood, right? Um, The north, the east, and the west, right? Mm -hmm. Nesta wakes up in one. She wakes up before everybody else, and she assumes that it's because she was made. Um, Mm -hmm. She wakes up. She sees a knife in the tree, and she's like, Why is there weapons here? There shouldn't be any weapons here.
1: That's one of the things, because it's meant to be like, you're meant to like physically fight people. You cannot use weapons. Concerning, full stop concerning.
0: Yep. Somebody else wakes up just behind her. Um, She sprints to grab the knife. They like fight. She ends up killing him and taking his boots, his clothes, all of that situation, because she's in a nightgown. Um, Then she starts looking for the others, bracelet situation bracelets the magic of jewelry (laughs) um yeah she realizes that the little charm they put on it does it glow
1: i can't it it basically kind of like glows and like helps her it's helping her find the other girls
0: yeah so if she like turns her arm or like puts it in a certain direction if that person's if one of them are in that direction it will like flash or like glow so she knows to go in that direction um Mm -hmm. She stumbles across a group by a river who are talking about talking about a girl, I think. So she assumes it's either Gwen or Emery. She walks down the river, she finds Emery. She's like passed out in the river against a rock. Bleeding. Yeah, not in a good place at all. And
1: Anessa dives in, saves her. Um... Like this whole part of the book like broke my heart a little bit because they love each other. And it's that fear of like, yeah, they need to get through the blood right, but they need to just find each other and be together. Um, yeah, oh, because also as, as this whole thing is going on, Sarah J Maas is great with like having different journeys. So Cassian and Asriel are told, there's nothing you can do because if you go in and try and break them out of the blood right, you will be killed and so will they. So Cassian and Asriel are taken because hasn't Eris at this point He's, he's been, been
0: kidnapped. kidnapped, I'm going to say the word very loosely, kidnapped by the Queen, Briolin, Briolin, however you say um, it.
1: And Cassian and Azriel have to, like, fly and watch and wait. But Cassian's there, like, I can't breathe. My, I'm, I, I, my mate is in trouble and I can't do anything about it. Thank you.
0: Um, like, we know how Reese reacted when Feyre was in the spring court. So he's... Cassian's not doing great, my guy. I don't know why yeah. Reese was like, "Oh, we forgot to mention as well." So this is where we find out. I think they talk about it in a war, but Cassian's like, "Okay, well, Reese, or favorite. Why can't like you go? You're like the strongest people here. You've got, well, we haven't discussed Reese's powers yet, but I reckon he's got a combination of all of the." Um, High Lord's powers and his because that's what happened yeah. with Feyre. This is also the
1: part, by the way. This is the parts, page six hundred fifty-five. Well, not necessarily that. This is when um they're saying like, oh, Reese, you know, you need to help get Aeris out, da, 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 like, and Feyre's going, we can't yeah. go, and there's no explanation. And basically she goes, Yeah, we agreed, we made a bargain after the war to only leave this world together. And Aaron's just massaging her temples, muttering a prayer for sanity, and goes, You made a bargain to die together, <laughs> romantic, idealistic fools. Um, and Farrah's like, if Reese dies, I die, and then the baby dies too. Um, and then Azra's like, and if you die, Farah, then Reese. Die. They're basically going around the triangle, just going, So if you die and you die, they, it's like, Yes, they all die, the trio will die. Um, no. and Aaron's just I just love Aaron's. We can discuss the
0: idiocy of this bargain later you idiots do we learn about it after what? i feel like it happens once reese comes back to life no this is the first i'm hearing of it really i could have sworn once he came back to life they like made a promise if they're both gonna die they're gonna go out together
1: they might have said something on the lines but it doesn't stick out to me i, I for me this was new information
0: it didn't surprise me. I it was kind of new information but I'd also heard it before so I don't I don't know if I was making it up or they said something well, that sounded look, like it.
1: Perhaps if it was an echo wall maybe it was like a look don't if you're ever going to leave this world don't leave me in it without you like take me with you. Um,
0: yeah. but that's enough to be a bargain in fairy world let's be honest. So.
1: Yeah. Um, um Hold on I'm scroll I was about to say I'm scrolling. I mean I'm flicking through
0: it. <laughs> um um, So they they meet someone. They this is Nestor and Nestor and Emery. Ne- Emery's still passed out in her nightgown. Nestor, it's getting dark. That she's trying to find a cave. She finds a guy instead. I can't remember his name. Oh, Balthazar. There we go. Mm-hmm. He's an Illyrian. Obviously, he's in the blood realm. and he helps her find a cave. He helps her lift Emery. puts her in the cage, and he like basically explains that the creatures come out. Some idiots try to climb trees. That's not the best option because these creatures can Mm. climb. Caves are the best option. Cover the thing. I don't think we've heard the end of Balthazar.
1: I don't think so. But as well, he says, like, I'm not hurting you because I know who you are. I know who you're related to. If I lay a single hand on you, that hand is going to be exploded before the rest of my body. Exploded. He's like, I'm going to look after you guys.
0: I can't remember what the fuck happens to him, though. Does he just, like, do they just leave He him? just disappears. He leaves in the morning, yeah. Cool, cool. cool. So, so d- during every- the night, so, mm-hmm. during the night, the creatures have just killed half of the Illyrians off already, so they just go out and take their pick of clothes, basically. So for them. Uh-huh, and then they go on search of um, Gwen. And this is the bit that fucking
1: killed me, because they're walking... And eventually they can like hear voices and they can see a nightgown hung in midair. And considering what happens to Gwyn, it's this deep, dark fear, seeing that
0: mm-hmm. hanging
1: in midair. And you're like, if why is there just a nightgown in midair? What, Where is she? What is happening? I, I was deeply panicked at this point.
0: Yeah, um, I don't think we've learned much of her backstory, but we kind of know enough to assume there was some kind of sexual assault there. Yeah, and, I yeah. think a
1: lot of the women who work in the library have had that experience.
0: Mm-hmm. So they follow the the nightgown, they, they try to find her, and there's a group of guys, one of which is uh, Emery's fucking cousin from before. <laughs> Hello, my one guy. One who I thought was drunk, but i was <laughs> wrong, because <laughs> I'm a dumbass. Um they've got weapons surprise um oh his name is bellius yeah that dick um i can't even remember what happens they capture the girls Wait, i don't know if they t-
1: oh, is it, it's the bit where she's she's kind of um bellius is saying you know i can't believe you fell for it da, 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 da. you shouldn't have come here um you've disgraced your father you have disgraced our family and nesta goes was it you who sabotaged the right with these weapons and bellius goes i wouldn't call it sabotage and neither did she and that's where nesta has the realization Briolyn is a part of this because we all know that Briolyn has a hatred for nesta because nesta went in and came out fine Briolyn went in and became old
0: i don't nesta understand was- though her thought process Uh she hates nesta but she i'm um, what's it called um scrying i'm sure she can do that and figure out where nesta is but no she takes like the petty option i feel like we're in a teenage drama and she's like actually i'm gonna get this fug to just like drug her put her Mm -hmm. in the blood right and then i don't have to deal with her just everybody else is going to deal with it do you know what i mean it's like the Um, roundabout way of trying to kill someone
1: basically what happened is that breelin never got to experience the epic highs and lows of high school football (laughs)
0: I could see you waiting to say something. Was that it?
1: (laughs) 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 Any way I can shoehorn Riverdale in. I still haven't
0: watched the new season, if I'm honest with you. Me neither.
1: But basically, there's a point where there are monsters crawling out and fighting things. And then as uh, Nesta and Emery are going to run, a female voice rings out on the other side of the ridge and it's Gwyn. And she's alive and she's fine. She's like, I woke up before everyone else um and oh here's the thing they're talking about um they what is it oh it's just oh oh the bit um you uh gwyn goes you came you two came looking for me it's like of course we did it's what sisters do (laughs) Um, also
0: i think this is around the time that we figure out they figure out that um gwyn and nesta woke up before everybody else because they're not illyrian so the drugs that you that worked on the illyrians didn't necessarily work on them um so Mm. that's why they could escape and get away from them quicker um Um, also the creatures showed up because gwen is smart and she like learned how to like get them to follow her scent and stuff and she just mm. shoved them towards what's his name bellius
1: yeah bellius and his men um (sighs) But basically they're talking about how like they're gonna start walking to get to the top of Ramiel because they're like they kind of go back over like what happens if you uh make it to the top and they're like, We can do this. We are the first women to ever take part, like we have to do this. Um, so they know that they are or what's it they're debating, they're like, There's a bridge over there. If we get across there and cut it, we are have a straight shot straight to the top and winning this. But they're saying we have to hurry up because they're like if we run we risk attention but if we walk we risk getting to the bridge because if someone else crosses it they'll cut it so um and they also notice that there are people nearby so they run um again there are weapons um and um is it Gwyn um
0: she gets gets shot with an arrow doesn't she? she gets
1: shot with an arrow through the leg um and again, we still have more, oh, it's the bit, what is it, like, Gwyn's, like, yelling, like, go, like, run, and Nessa's like, I'm not leaving you, bitch, I love you. Um, but basically, long story short, the girls make it over the bridge, they cut the bridge, but Gwyn is very injured.
0: Um, oh, there's this hot the, the scene where she's running across the bridge, and they have, she ties the rope around a um, thing, and they cut the bridge, and, Gwen falls and they all like pull her back up because she's still on the bridge whilst the other guys are. I was it reminded me of a scene in Throne of Glass. I don't know if you know which one I'm talking about. Um Queen of Shadows, I'm sure of it. It's with the 13 and um Aileen Rowan. Um vaguely. Um
1: but basically i'm just gonna yeah so do we
0: want to pause because i don't know how loud it's going to be just okay sure okay go for it
1: um so basically um they're at the foot of ramiel they start climbing they say like only 12 people have made it to this point before we have to keep going and this is the point that as they're walking um they're talking about how they're really struggling and emery says you know they call this climb the breaking for a reason um And this is where we get all the backstories Um, and we get Gwyn's backstory, which I'm actually tearing up about. Um, Basically Gwyn says, I've been broken once before and I've survived it. I will not even be broken again, not even by this mountain. And she goes through it and she says about how she was raped by um, a commander from Highburn. Um, And I, I can't read all of it. I can't read it again um but she had a twin and her twin was murdered um and
0: she was like var- she was attacked and what was it um she was trying to save the children so her her twin was attacked yeah. her twin was like you need to get the children out so there was like a little i don't know if it was a tunnel or like a cupboard underneath the kitchen floor so she like put them all down there poured the um like mm-hmm. a carpet on top and when she wouldn't give up where the children were um they the commander
1: raped her. Raped her, and then he he got three of his men and said go to work on her until like basically saying rape her until she tells you where the children are um and she just says um the first had just unbuckled his belt when asriel arrived he slaughtered them within moments and he didn't hesitate but i could barely move and when i tried to get up he gave me his cloak and wrapped me in it Morrigan arrived a few minutes later and then Rhysand appeared. and It became clear that some of the soldiers had gotten away with the piece of the cauldron. So Azrael headed after them. Moore healed me as best as she could and then they brought me to the
0: library. Um, I'm curious about Moore's powers. We haven't heard much about them. She, the truth teller. She yeah. Can,
1: I want to, you know what, I do want to know more about Moore, even though I'm a bit pissed off with her in this book. Um, I'm just
0: curious. She keeps mentioning all these things the truth teller thing, her being able to heal. Can they all heal people? I don't think they can, can they?
1: Uh, We then get Emery's story. um, And Emery kind of talks about how abusive her father was and how he was abusive to her mother. um, And uh, it was a bit, um, he never laid a hand on me until she was gone, until he beat her so badly she couldn't recover. He made me dig her a new grave on that night with the new moon. And uh, and he told people that she'd miscarried a baby and died from
0: uh, the loss. Um, How did people, no one question it? Mm. and he's uh, he just gonna bury someone and nobody's gonna bat an eyelid um, is that how that then, works in the illyrian like war camp they just bury people and they die like
1: yeah i mean as well they don't have the highest regard for women so they're like oh a woman died oh we don't care if one of the men had died they question it a bit more but no it's just a woman they didn't value her life I wonder what that reminds us of mm. in this fictional world where they don't value women's life as much as men's. I can't put my finger on it. Um, Finally, Nesta kind of talks about her journey and saying like, she was like, I was a terrible person. I, become, I became a wretch of drinking and fucking. My family couldn't stand it. And for more than a year, I abused their kindness and generosity. And she kind of talks about her trauma. And they basically are like, no, we are going to win this to prove to ourselves that it can be done that we can win the whole damn thing. Um, also in the other half of the story Cassian and Azriel have seen, oh, Eris is there he's on a he's in a carriage but it doesn't look like he's very like captive is yeah. he willing they're, um, they're confused
0: because um, he's still got the dagger strapped to his side so they think Brian can't be controlling him with the crown because he's still got that, if he was under her control, he would have handed it over and told them everything um, so what's going on here? Oh, I wonder. I wonder. Mm. Um, um, Nesta starts to carry Gwyn up the mountain. Yeah, but Gwyn she is still get
1: really struggling.
0: Yep, they get to a certain point and Nesta falls. I think it's they, yeah. it's after the um the archway.
1: It, it's the pass of Enalius. In- um, and basically, if they can make it through the archway, it's a clear shot to the top. Um, but they can see down below, Bellius and a few of his men are on their way.
0: Um,
1: and I don't basically- understand.
0: So it's a clear shot. A clear shot to get up there. They could have just... I know they're tired. I know they've just gone through a lot of trauma. But if they could make it to that stone before the guys, they just winnow out of there. Yeah. Which... I, I suppose they were fighting, but they hadn't reached um Gwen and Emery had they? I don't know I can't remember it was so long ago. I'm just thinking about the lo- logistics of this did Emery and Gwyn m- winnow out before the fighting started? They did no, it was just after right?
1: What do you mean when the fi- when the fighting started?
0: So Nesta stays behind she fights yeah, so, and
1: yeah. yes, I know what you're talking about. Um, the so, uh, so, it's so basically Nesta goes like, Oi, you two go on ahead, I will fight. So, Emery's carrying Quinn and they're running to the top. Nesta, this is when we find out Ataraxia means inner peace. I don't know how the fuck she gets her sword. Is it her sword or just a sword? She gets some sword. I think of it's weapon.
0: just a sword. It's
1: just a sword. Um, and so she's fighting them, she kills all the men and she's fighting Bellius. Um, and eventually just before the competition ends she knows that they winnow out so she's been fighting people and then thingy and thingy winnow out and win the whole down okay thing. got it and then there's the next plot twist um because side by side with this as nesta is fighting and is like i will fight to save these two girls that are my family um cassian and Azriel, um eris is there um and is like like hey cassian i'm gonna stab you um so, and,
0: <laughs> we go. Um,
1: and Freelin is there. And also, so is what's his fucking name? The evil wizard man. Koshi man. Koshi. Koshchi. there. Um They're,
0: they're and, at a lake, right? Did I make that up?
1: No, they're not at the lake.
0: Okay. They're just at the I made that Um
1: But yes, so Nesta Nesta does the fighty-fighty stabby stabby.
0: Um, oh, Koshchi, whilst this is happening, Koshchi is like controlled Cassian's fine. Asriel's gone somewhere, he like flies off, but Cassian's like under the influence of Koshchi, who I think, no, does Koshchi have the crown or is he just that powerful?
1: No, Koshchi is just that powerful, and Briolin is somewhere, which we'll find out. My favourite thing is, um, there's a point where we switch back to Nestor and Belius, and he's like, You really think you can fight me in hand-to-hand combat? And she goes, I do. And Nesta hissed because my mate taught me well. And I read that and I was hollering, like, yes! yes. She <laughs> it. They are mates. I love that. Um, and what was it? Mate. The world was a shooting star through Nesta as she and bellius launched at each other. But it's just about that she's like, No, I've got my mate, like I know now. Um, <laughs> um what was it? Um <laughs> I'm really
0: sorry. I'm really sorry to interrupt. Yeah. It looks like there's a football lamp behind you. Do you have a football lamp behind you?
1: No, I do not.
0: What is in that corner? It's black and white, it looks like a football. That? Yeah, that side. This? No, behind you. Oh, no, it's just like a it's like a Moroccan lamp. But it's not a football Got app. it. From this angle being far away, it just looks like there's a football on your wall. And I was like, what's going on there then? <laughs>
1: um, sorry. Um, so but I wanted to talk about this. Well, it's the next point in the plot. I just want to find exactly what happens in the book. Um, so Bellius is like about to kill her. And she says to herself, she was alone. She'd been born alone and would die alone. And this awful male would be the one to kill her. Thunder cracked, and the entire mountain shook with its impact. Bellius took one step towards her knife lifting blood sprayed um but then she saw the wings the other set of wings basically cassian is there he kills Bellius,
0: um but um i was so confused by this section i'm not gonna lie he pulls her in he goes and now i'm going to
1: slit your pretty little float throat oh this moment Breelin out of nowhere appears who has the crown on top of her hair and is like he can't obey you Nestor Archer. he is mine now. And basically she is um and she basically Breelin had waited until the end of the blood ride and was like she could be killed like she you might be killed in the blood ride but if you're not by now your power will be worn down so you can't fight me now you're too weak um and She was like, "I told him that I would hunt you down. I wouldn't kill you." Da da da. -da." Um, The bit as well that got me was um, because there's a lot of dialogue. There's a lot of talking. There is a lot of 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 dialogue. Um, But what is it? Um, Breelan just says, "Kill." um and oh oh, this bit kills me as well nesta had loved cassian since she first laid eyes on him had loved him even when she did not want to even when she had been swallowed by despair and fear and hatred had loved him and destroyed herself because she didn't believe she deserved him because he was uh good and brave and kind and she loved him and she loved him and she loved him him. cassian's arm shook nesta braces herself for the blow but cassian roars and twists the knife towards himself
0: i was literally was like oh no I was and- like, I don't need another, like, reason favorite your situation, Ackermann. Thank you very much. I don't, <laughs> thank
1: but you. It, um, and as the sun broke over the horizon, as Cassian's knife plunged towards him ch- his chest, Nesta erupted with the force of the cauldron. And she basically um, uses her magic, Briel turns to um, dust. Um, and the only thing left of her is just the crown on the floor. Cassian's there like, I hoped... Uh, like he, he was like she was super vague with her instructions she said kill she didn't say you she didn't say me I just thought I'd go for me instead of you um and basically what happened is Nesta unmade her which is just powerful uh-huh. um and she it's then she turns to him and it's like Cassie you are my mate da-da-da-da. and then boom um more and Azrael appear and they're like Eris is, we have Eris we have the dagger but it's Feyre and I was like here like, I knew that Sarah J. Marshall was going to shoehorn the baby's birth into this book. I knew it.
0: Um, yeah, I knew it too. There was no way she was going to mention it in this one and then it happened in another book. Absolutely yeah. not. No.
1: Um, and I hate how it was shoehorned in. Um, but I, this is a scene I cried at quite a bit. I find it very upsetting. Um, so... Um, Every room of the house, because uh, this is the River House. Every room of the house smells like blood. Apparently, Feyre had started bleeding a few hours before, and the baby still isn't due for another two two months. Um, Feyre uh, basically, they're talking about cutting the baby out, giving a C section, um, but they know that the C section, Feyre will most likely die, and therefore Reese will die. Um, Feyre tells uh, Maja to go ahead with the C-section knowing that it will kill her and Reese knows that, um, oh, and her healing powers won't work because she's already lost too much blood and is far too weak. Um, and what's the, oh, what's the bit? So basically everyone is there for the birth, the entire inner circle and Nesta. Um, and it comes to the point where they cut the baby out, but there's no crying, which I'm not gonna lie to you, that is actually my worst nightmare. Um, Because like I've heard of situations like that where like the baby comes out and like you can't hear the cry. It's terrifying. Cassie and Azrael using all of their siphon power to hold Reese back, and they're still struggling because he's just fighting to get to her.
0: It was that part. I was, I was gone, mate. I was gone. I was... Um, this whole section was just like, just tragic, wasn't it? It was. was... It was. Nesta um, is there, right? She's here at this yeah. point. she's here, and
1: she knows. She knows that there's she's the only one that can do something about this and so she and she knows the fairy is not gonna make it so she goes and she gets the harp the mask and the crown which again pointing out how powerful nesta is considering she's just had a whole week of being like worn out um it's amazing her power but the fact that no one's ever yielded all three without dying and she can use them naturally without question yep. the power And uh, basically she she's figured out at this point that the harp the last thing on the harp can stop time so she goes pluck um and she kind of stops time and she's kind of talking to Feyre and is like I love you you know you stood up for me whenever no one else would it's the point where she just eventually kind of bends over Feyre's body and is just whispering you know I give it back I if you can save her and the baby and Reese, I will give back the power that I took from you and she's saying it over and over again and it's a description of like there's like a kind of the ghost of a hand that caresses her face as she says it which i thought was kind of sus and Mm -hmm. she's she's just saying it when time starts again everyone stops making noise because they can just hear nesta saying i give it all back and this light pouring between nesta pharah and the baby um and then pharah comes back to life and her first words are i love you too which uh baby nix is fully grown um and healthy and happy Reese runs to Feyre and Nyx, Um, Maja is kind of like super confused because she's like within like the space of however many seconds you now have an Illyrian's womb, so like if you ever had kids again you'd be completely fine? How the fuck did this happen? How? (laughs) How? And then it's the point where Reese looks at Feyre and Nixon knows that they're safe and everyone's alive. And he turns and he drops to his knees in front of Nesta. Mm -hmm. And my mind jumps back to the bit at the beginning of the book where uh, Reese used his power to force Nesta to sit down. Like she feels her knees bending against her. I just thought, oh, how the tables have turned because he just collapses in front of her. It's like, thank you so much. And then Nesta sits in front of Reese and she kind of holds his face and they hug each other, which is a really kind of a moving moment
0: because like they've been anti each other for the longest time. My question... Mm-hmm. is Nyx and Fayra now made as well? Oh my God, I've not thought of that. Good question.
1: Mm. Good question. Mm. Snaps to Maddie for the <laughs> questions. Jesus. Um, uh, the summary at the end, I gave up with the notes. Um, Nesta, uh, Nesta tells Cassian that she's also changed her own anatomy so that if they want to have Illyrian babies in the future, and even, Yeah, not Elaine. Fuck her. Um, (laughs) But then at the same time, I said, is this foreshadowing because she's not going to end up with a bat boy or a baby? Possibilities. Um, The end, Nesta loses some of her power, which fucking sucks because she was literally death incarnate. Sarah J Mass got some splaining to do. However, she
0: is left with something. They just don't know how much power. Something that the mother herself left her with, which in itself is powerful. Mm -hmm. So... Do we want to talk about that theory now? Not just, yeah. Just okay, do I want to talk about the grave? The mm-hmm. Okay,
1: the ending scene is basically all three sisters and baby Nyx go to their father's grave. Nesta says, thank you. And then she walks towards her sisters and Cassian, her mate, is flying above them to make sure that they are okay. And that is it. That's the end of the book. Now, onto the part we're really interested in, which is the theories um, about oh, the
0: Um,
1: So I will let you talk about this theory about the mother. You say what you've got to say.
0: Well, I kind of have this theory. It's said all along how powerful Nesta is. She took the power from the cauldron, which is like essentially a god, essentially. It's an inanimate object, but it's essentially a god. She took all of the power from that. All of it, most of it. So maybe that power was just too much for a person to contain because Reese says in, I think it's in AkaMath, might have been War, because he's got so much power, like an abnormal amount of power, he has to release some of that, like every single day, just on like menial tasks, otherwise it can destroy him. Mm. Nesta's not been doing that mm. the whole time, because she just refused to use her power, couldn't figure it out, and was like pushing it down. So, the power that's gone, is it just does it just put her down is she still really powerful is it just taking her down to a level that she can now control do you know what I mean
1: is she still more powerful than Rhys yes that's what yes, I want to know
0: the fact that the mother gate like let her keep that power that I reckon that's saying something I reckon something's going to come up where she's going to have to use it because why else would and again essentially another one of their gods be like here have some power you did good like or,
1: yeah or like keep this much of the power i'm intrigued by that um Um,
0: but nesta losing that power deeply pissed me off pissed me off so much um Um, i need to say something so i need you to mute yourself again
1: okay i will mute (laughs) myself i will mute you give me a wave when you're ready Um. thanks
0: this happens throne of glass spoilers in kingdom of ash Aileen loses pretty much all of her power she's got like the tiniest little bit left at the end why is this a running theme in sarah j Muss's books i don't understand why is it that in order to live like a happy and peaceful life the the women have to give up their power i don't get it and why is it always why is it always the women like there's other strong characters here and why do they have to give it up okay i'm done right she's not even looking at me again hello okay.
1: hello, hello. 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 Everyone um, needs to
0: comment and tell Beth to finish reading Front of Glass. I'm
1: sorry, I have a lot to read. Um, Can I yell about some things? Some yes. So one thing that we have consistently said is we have an issue with the medical side of things. Um, <laughs> for example, well, hold on, this is a very different, so we'll yell about the medical side of things in a moment. Um, So, I'm not certain how I feel about Nesta changing her anatomy so that they can have children. I don't I, like I don't it. So, I mean, of course, if that is what the couple wants, then absolutely fine. Good for them. But I hate reading stories where the women always end up wanting children, because I'm not, and I'm not certain if this is a controversial opinion. And I'm going to use Grey's Anatomy as an example. Um, so this is a bit of a spoiler warning for season seven slash eight of Grey's Anatomy. So take a minute or two to maybe ignore me. Um, but basically, there's a character called Christina Yang she is married and she uh she makes it clear that she loves kids thinks kids are great but she does not want to be a mother um and it's the first time that I've actually seen that kind of opinion shared in like a fictional story with a main Mm -hmm. character um like she like she says like I I love you as my husband and I love kids they're great but like I do not want to be a mother I would not be able to love this child enough like and it's my choice I don't want to be a mum. um At the end of all of these stories, it's always like happily ever after, settling down, having a baby. But In real life, that's not always the case because there are situations like people having to go through IVF. There are couples who cannot have a baby and might turn to adoption or there are couples that simply decide not to have children. And I don't see that as normalized as the traditional like get married, settle down, have kids. And I just wish it was something portrayed a bit more and I also feel like it's very fast. I mean, yeah, they've known each other for like two years, and while they've always had like, ha- like been in love with each other, they've not always treated each other well. And I think because they were so torn up inter- internally about their own trauma, and yes, the the book was a journey of healing. I just find this a very fast decision. Um, and they're like they're just about to have a commitment ceremony. That's like a lot already. Um, I understand
0: I- that like in the spur of the moment, it was like a shit. If I do want this, then we can't. I don't have, really have a choice. Hmm. Um also not the only way to be a parent yeah i'm sure there's lots of little illyrian girls running around that whose parents treat them like shit and probably need hmm. or lots of like illyrian children in orphanages because their parents exactly are killed by hyper yeah. yeah.
1: um but yeah so I, I like okay i understand she wants to have their options open in the future but it's just i hate that and i i actually oh my god don't even i didn't even tell you this i messaged um at mass underscore trash and asked if I could reference one of her TikToks in our podcast, and she said yes. I died, <laughs> um, but basically she did, and I had to. I have not. I, I I watched it, and it kind of there were. I didn't see massive spoilers for Throne of Glass or anything, but she talks about how uh, it's a TikTok where she's saying about um, how Nesta is kind of falling into the kind of cookie cutter version of a woman that. Uh, Sarah J Maas has all of her strong female heroines turn out to be Uh, and like Feyre fell victim to it and Nesta is fallen victim and Elaine is too it's basically how like we have and like Nesta like really was kind of like subverting the traditional like she wasn't a traditional female character she came out she said she spoke her mind she was fiery she was feisty to the point of like she did not give a fuck and now she has been I hate saying the word tamed but she's kind of been put forced into this like cookie cutter now
0: she is um like oh, her like, kneeling in front of amrin i feel like is the perfect example for like of this yeah. why did she do that and i watched that tiktok i know which one you're talking about so yeah I, She's at not, the time like yeah at the time i didn't necessarily i agreed with it to a certain extent but it was something that was said along the lines of um has lost like her fieriness and her ability to talk up about what she wants like just to voice her opinion and at the time I didn't really agree I'd literally just finished the book though so I was kind of like still processing it looking back now I do agree there's still elements there where she's um like very much talks her like says her mind that was not an English word a sentence speaks her mind is the one I was looking for (laughs) um and yeah like she is confident and she's still a little bit feisty, but not to the extent that she was before. And I understand there's got to be a line between being a bitch and speaking your mind, but I don't think she ever crossed that in the first place. So I don't see why it had to be taken away from her. Well, also, if
1: she wants to be a bitch, go for it. Exactly. Like she's been, she's been treated terribly by the world, so if she wants to. And even then, I don't think she was a bitch. She had her own trauma, and this was her, her way of kind of protecting herself. Um, and I, I hate the fact that she's kind of being domesticated. She's going to be yep. made into a good little warrior wife. So they'll use her when it's wartime, and then behind the scenes, you know, they'll be having sex in a tent next to dying soldiers. Because Cassian oh, is in it. The- Cassian is in Cassian's the general, so that's gonna happen. Uh, and I hate the fact that she's being forced into this role of like the perfect happy little like oh I'm here for my partner. I, I just I don't like it. I
0: liked and See, I was saying to you that like immediately afterwards I said I wanted another book within with their um point of view because I yeah. feel like this whole book is Nesta's healing journey and like their relationship, right? We've yeah. had two books effectively free if you count um like the second half of akatar and um a quarter frost and starlight of recent favor and we saw that development of them not knowing they were mates knowing they were mates and then like everything after whereas i i really want to see if nesta in the next books uh, is she going to be any type of resemblance of what she was in the first do you know what I mean not the first mm. Akamath like even in this one like is she going to uh, is a reason i going to say something fucking stupid and is she going to call them out on their bullshit or is she just going to sit there like the, the good little girl she's supposed to be why and... am I now
1: thinking of the Oprah quote of were you silent or were you silenced yeah and I, I mean that's a phenomenal quote from the Oprah interview um But that is like my real thing. Like, is she now deciding that she doesn't want to speak or is it she's being, I mean, it's all, I mean, it's all Sarah J. Miles's control. Um, But that's why
0: I really wanted to, I want to see another book from their point of view because I don't feel like, I feel like, from the beginning ending of this book it is like nesta's being kind of being squashed down and becoming like a smaller version of herself does that make sense
1: she's being put into a box so that she's more kind of commercially digestible so she is now what favors like the happy housewife they'll have the house of wind and they'll you know have all their ridiculously uh, ridiculous amounts of sex and they'll go fight wars and then they'll kind of continue on this battle of not fully dealing with their trauma because things are just happening to her. it's yep, just yes. i'm really angry
0: i i think this is why i really want elaine to be a villain yes really one, of our, want one
1: her. our favorite theories because elaine has the personality of a cardboard box the only thing that will salvage her is if she becomes a villain
0: like but i'm not saying i it? want her to be a villain to the very end i'm just saying like i need a little bit of like spice spice add a little um, spice spice
1: before we go in depth go into oh the dog is barking before we in depth go into that i want to quickly go over the because f- there were two extra povs the oh, pov. yeah this
0: episode's going to be so long sorry. i know <laughs>
1: okay that's why i'm going to speed through it so the phase i point of view after a family meeting and elaine and nesta's little argument in regards to scrying uh, i like the reese kind of agrees that elaine is boring He literally says, like... (laughs) She does have a slightly feistier side. And I agree that she has always been seen as the nice, quiet one. And she's never had the opportunity... She's never had the opportunity to be a bitch. Because she feels like she'd let everyone down. Um, But I still think she has the personality of a cardboard box. Um, We find out how Thera figured out she was pregnant. Because basically they um, re-centred it before she realised. And he collapsed and cried. And they talk about it. And it was beautiful. And then they make love in the public.
0: And cry. Yeah. Yeah.
1: I like that they consider Nave being the child after Feyre's dad, but they settle on Nyx like super quick. And then there's normally, like there's normally more conversation here. it, but they're like, Nix, yeah, cool, go for it. I kind of sped through that one, I didn't really care. Um, Azrael's point of view, this has been quite controversial, because uh, I'm aware a lot of people have been really upset because it's not Azrael how we imagined it. But here are a few things that I would like to debate. This book, the series is switching from YA to adult. It's been made clear in A Court of Silver Flames and, like, about the sexual content. People were really disappointed that Asriel was having sexual thoughts in regards to Elaine, but here's the thing, when you have a crush on someone, it sometimes comes naturally that you have sexual thoughts about them, and it's clear that Azrael has been keeping himself away from Elaine, um he's been accused of feeling possessive over Elaine. And my interpretation is, so Azrael has never had a lot. Um, and seeing his brothers finding their mates in the Archeron sisters and him having a connection to Elaine, it's not that he feels like he has the right to her. It's not that he feels like he owns her. It's the fact that it's like, it would be nice because it seems like that is the way it's going. And being told that he can't be with her and can't have her feels unfair. And I completely understand.
0: Yeah. Um. Sarah J. Maas as well, has made it very clear in all of her books, mates are incredibly hard to come by. Okay. And now they're very common. Exactly. She's given two out of three, I'm just going to call them brothers, two out of three brothers, mates with two out of three sisters. And then you're just going to leave as out because Elaine has got a mate. Like, um, you're just going to leave as out. He's the only one. The only one. There's going to be something in his head that's got to think that's not fair. And it's not saying that he thinks he believes that he has a right to Elaine. It's just that logically it doesn't make any sense. Like there's always patterns and he's just been left out by himself. Like, Well, also it's
1: the difficulty. And this is why I want a book of Azrael next. Now the thing is we can't have a book of Azriel healing and going through his trauma because Azriel has seen a lot he has experienced a lot he has gone through a lot consistently so i i don't think one book would be able to resolve his trauma and take him on a healing journey but one of the biggest things we are aware of is that i think Azriel does not believe that he is worthy of anyone because i think he the abuse that he suffered in his childhood really really affected him um but yes um in this point of view, I really pick up on the fact that, okay, and this goes into, feeds into the theories we're going to talk about in a minute. Um, Azriel's shadows recoil from Elaine, but they dance around Gwyn. Gwyn needs happiness and I could see within the actual full book of A Court of Silver Flames that there is a connection between them I mean the history of like how he rescued her on the darkest day and was there to support her in her Valkyrie trading I think initially they might not appear to work out but I'm hoping there's a possibility and like when Nesta said like as you're the new ribbon you're the thing she's going to work towards because Gwyn has a thing for him um also in this POV the kind of summary is like Azriel having sexual thoughts about Elaine. Him and Elaine nearly kiss. He gets her a necklace for solstice, but Reese says in his mind, "Oi, before you kiss her, leave her the fuck alone." So Azriel pulls away. Um, Elaine doesn't want the necklace anymore because she's like, "If you're not going to kiss me, and there aren't things here, but whatever." Azriel then goes to Reese, and Reese is like, "You have no fucking right." Lucian is asleep upstairs. Now I understand, like politically, like pissing Lucian off is not a good idea because he's. Tied to the Autumn Court, tied to the Spring Court, he is tied to the Band of Exiles, what a bunch of a-holes. Like, it would be detrimental uh, to piss him off. But for Reese to
0: literally order him against it, so out of order. The way he does it is atrocious. And Reese literally could have started a war getting favour from the Spring Court. So who is he to say anything about breaking some political ties? Like, are you kidding me?
1: So hypocritical, so hypocritical. Um, because yeah, Reese literally went into another court, stole Tamlin's bride mid wedding, and like the situations. Yes, they're inherently different, but what Reese did is bad as well. Because as well, Reese stole uh, Feyre from another high lord. So inherently, we mm-hmm. can argue that that is worse. Because I mean, Lucian, I mean, depending if we find if he finds out about Helian the whole being his dad thing. Um, and he's Lucien's basically in line to become. He could run Autumn Court and yeah, he could run two courts. Yeah,
0: oh, I shit. reckon. That, I reckon that's where we're going because the whole Amron trying to get um, Reese to be a high <laughs> a high king, or whatever <laughs> it was she called it. I reckon that's where we're going. I reckon we're going to have a war between Reese and then is it like five courts? It's yep. like Dawn Summer.
1: All of them. Uh, autumn, all of the courts. Um, just to quickly type the Az chapter, basically um, Az and Gwyn have a moment and like his shadows dance around her and they swim underwater. Um, And he then gives the necklace that he gave Elaine to Clovo to give to Gwyn. This is going to cause problems in the future. I can tell you, it's going to be messy.
0: But hundred well- Have you seen that meme where Elaine sees Gwyn wearing the necklace? <laughs> I'm like, uh, oh- I I can, I know beneath this shell of Elaine, there's got to be some anger and there's got to be some like fireiness there. We've so, seen it a little bit, but I I want something to happen. I want to fight or I want her to say something. I want her to be a villain. Why is this like? I want her to be a villain.
1: My other real quick thing, just before we wrap up the As POV, um, Asriel and Elaine have had this connection. It's been really clear to everyone for a while. Reese could have spoken sooner.
0: Yep. Yeah. You could have spoken sooner. Not waiting until they're literally like they're, they're two centimeters away from each other. Um, but yes, theories for the next book. Hold on one second. I would yeah. also like to point out with as people making him out to be like creepy and they're making him out to be like a as if
1: he's a predator. But here's the thing: people get horny. Spoiler alert, in real life, fictional characters, Reese is openly horny in High Lord meetings. Like these characters are all the horniest people you have ever met. So being surprised that Azriel too is very horny and he has literally no action that we are aware of. This man has been horny for centuries. So it's not with <laughs> his head that he's thinking about having sex with this woman that he deeply cares about. And I'm really angry
0: that people think he's a predator when he's a fucking hero. Also, he's never acted without consent. As far as we are con- aware, never. never that moment, that him. kiss on the stairs was consensual from both of them. It, made, it was made very obvious that that was the case and it wasn't him forcing himself on Elaine, okay? Yeah. So no, there's no creepiness going on here at all. Literally. Should we talk um, about we Gwyn? We could talk
1: about I really. Mental. I just I have one short thing, just as a question almost. Tamlin the Tampon, well, who's running his court? I know that no lots one. of people fled <laughs> during and after the war with Hybern, but like there has to still be some people there. Who's seeing them? Who's protecting them while well, he's off in full furry form?
0: No one, remember, because the house has just gone into um, disrepair. It's crumbling down. It?
1: The, I think we woman... went
0: to the Autumn Court with um, her Will we ever see nephew? her nephew? Who, yeah. knows? Okay, Who knows? Okay, we'll go
1: on to Gwyn because there's a okay. lot of theories surrounding her. Okay.
0: So I'm gonna start with the the mate, not mate, maybe mate situation with Azriel So, like you said before, I have a theory that I heard about Az as well, and it it's I can't get it out of my head. We have seen with all of the Archeron sisters that his shadows recoil. Not so much favour, but they completely disappear with Elaine, right? Mm-hmm. And they kind of back away from Nesta, right? With Gwyn, that doesn't...
1: A... Nesta, because she's so powerful, I thought. Yeah.
0: Um, with Gwyn, however, they're literally, like, come alive. There's a converse... Not come alive. They're, like, moving all around. They're dancing, I think is the way it's yeah. described, which is so freaking cute. There's a scene... I think it's in his point of view, the bonus chapter where they're upstairs. They have a conversation about singing because he's called a shadow singer. So, um,
1: and she like asks, like, "Do you sing?"
0: Yep. And as he walks away, his shadows are like um singing to him in Gwyn's voice. I don't know whether it's like they can hear it and they like replay it, or like whether it's like um a memory of her singing when she's up there, which is like my heart. My oh. my actual heart. Now, Gwyn, this is all going to blow into one. Who the hell is Gwyn's dad? Is the first is. question I have.
1: There are lots of theories, one of which makes sense and I like. One of them I want to set on fire as a theory.
0: So my first initial reaction was Tamlin.
1: That's what a lot of people said.
0: Yep. Um, but lots of people have also said Lucian.
1: I... I'm going with the Lucian one because it would be so messy and a great villain. I uh-huh. Think. Yes. <laughs> if, okay, because it's, what was it? Because they're all like hundreds of years old and we find out that, so uh, Gwyn is part nymph, part fae. She was, co- her parents consummated and like created her at uh, Cal- Calumni, uh yep. in the spring court many, many years ago. Now keep in mind, my main thing for thinking it's Lucian is because of the red hair. And it's one massive group, Morgie. He definitely got involved. They're fae, they're hundreds of years old. They can do that. Um, but imagine, so Asriel has said, no, Elaine, I can't be with you. You have a mate. And he gets with what is essentially Lucian's daughter because mm-hmm. Lucian's daughter the necklace. That is going to be so messy. And like, I think that would be the thing to tip her over the edge is realizing that Gwyn is Lucian's daughter, also has the necklace that Asriel bought for her. It's so messy. It's and I so messy.
0: It speaking I also of want messy Gwyneth, this is dad, like mm-hmm. this is really off topic for a second but if eris isn't the one to tell lucian about his dad and it's like done in the messiest way i'm actually i'm gonna be so disappointed in sarah j maas i want yeah. some drama i want some like reality tv drama situation going on like jeremy carl situation is what i want yes. now if lucian is gwyn's dad that means that hellion is her grandfather. Helion is the High Lord of Dawn, am I right? Yes. Which leads people to believe that Gwyn could be a Light Singer. Now we get—I'm trying to find it. We have—we um, got a bit like we were about, about, about the Light Singers.
1: Yeah, we talked about it in the last episode a little bit how they're like witches, kind
0: of. Yep. Um, so it's a, it's a quote from Cassian, and it's when they're in the middle, and he says there are light singers, lovely ethereal beings who will lure you, appearing as friendly faces when you are lost. Only when you are in their arms will you see their true faces, and they aren't fair at all. The horror of it is that the is that the last thing you see before they drown you in the bog, um, but they kill for sport, not food. So I'm very confused. So these are like witches, but I don't know how people are making the connection between. Hell in the Dawn Court and the Power of Light and then Light Singers. Because to me in this book, they're clearly defined as not being the same thing.
1: Yeah, so now my kind of thought process is either perhaps like the Light Singers, the witches themselves that's like a rumor surrounding them elements of truth but like the rumors have kind of grown around them they've been like well it keeps people afraid of us so fuck it go for it or perhaps they mean light singer in a different way because it's like she can control light as a power and it's because he's a shadow singer and he can control the shadows she could be a light singer and control the
0: light they're like um, everyone keeps saying that elaine and as are like the perfect like light and dark but if no if this is the case then gwen and as surely the perfect opposite
1: yeah, but also we know, also from that bit where Cassian is describing how odd Elaine looks in black, and how he says it does not look right; it
0: doesn't feel right. Nope. Um, also, there's a scene where Nesta goes to the the church with the librarians, the priestesses. Gwen is singing. Oh, Gwen. Gwen shave off all her hair. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> I was going to say that when she sings, Nesta says that she kind of glows. What are I you? Thought...
1: I thought she shaved off all the hair at one point or something. Oh, <laughs> I don't think that happened. I don't think that did happen. Uh, that's probably when I was reading the book at like five in the morning and was like, what?
0: <laughs> but yeah, that kind of links her to the light singer part as well, because if she's singing, she's glowing, she's controlling light. Hmm um there's also little pieces throughout the book with Gwyn and Az so there's a moment where um trying to find it yep found it Az drops um Nesta and Cassian off um don't know where maybe it's um oh this is the quote of hers um with the priestesses it says gwen sang chin high a faint glow seeming to radiate from her that's the quote around her glowing um there's another part where as drops cassian and nesta off somewhere and it says um they asked us as to stay but gwen had asked him to go over um fighting moves with her so i'm just saying yeah. there's more to them in this story than the, it initially meets the eye i want them i want them to be together so bad
1: i want them to be together um also on like another thing this isn't necessarily a theory this is just a rant i hate that Nesta has had such a powerful and healing filled journey and then boom, she gives back all of her powers. Like she made the magical weapons without trying. She made a new trove without trying and you expect me to be okay with her giving up her power. And yes, she might still have some, but I think this is some bullshit. They were able to heal Cassian when his guts were hanging out. They hailed Cassian and Azriel's shredded wings. Azriel and Reese have both been shot with ash arrows and survived. How the hell can you justify giving, Nesta giving back her power to save Feyre when the Fey cannot figure out a basic C-section? They they can reverse major nerve and tissue damage, bring people back from the dead, heal shredded wings. There's a chance that they can bring Emery's wings back. Um, Durian was a literal eye for hundreds of years and they still can't figure out a C-section.
0: The whole thing with Lucius, like mechanical eye as well. He can see through <laughs> that thing. How the hell are you going to sit there and tell me that they don't know how to do a C-section? I don't understand it. I really don't get it. Also, the thing with Emery's wings. So she said only Helion would be able to fix her wings, right? As is was it As or Cassian? Their wings were wings were literally shredded and they managed to put them back together and you're telling me they can't undo some nerve damage?
1: But I really want. Imagine if Gwyn is the descendant of Hellion and she can heal Emery's wings. What sister bonding moment? Female. What and does
0: Lucian have? Fuck knows. Being <laughs> existing. I don't think I've ever seen him use powers, so I don't. I don't. Yeah. Except from winnowing.
1: Yeah. Um. Hold on.
0: I'm trying to um, just figure out how watered down like Hellion's powers might be in Gwyn is what I was trying yeah. to figure out but I've never seen Lucian even use his powers once so I'm not quite really. sure.
1: But isn't it like, would, if the, if the, say hypothetically if like Hellion died, would the powers then shift more strongly to like Lucian?
0: I don't think so. Actually, I can't remember what Ree said about when his dad died. Did it?
1: I'm not sure, I can't remember. Um, I thought we might want to skip on the next theory, which is one you and I are very invested in, which is Elaine going evil.
0: I mean, we've all already kind of spoken yeah, we've about basically it. Covered it. Um I feel like Gwen is definitely gonna be the thing to tip her over the edge. Yeah.
1: But there also there is a theory about it about how she's acting kind of sus, and there's a theory that she's oh shit, yeah. <laughs> kind of works maybe she's trying to take down the fae from the inside because she never wanted to be a fae neither her nor nesta or fairy did um but it's the fact that she keeps it there's a mention of like she just keeps disappearing and sneaking off to places so what if she's working with grayson what if they are grayson his family is working with like kostji to bring down the fae and they are promising her oh we can turn you back into a human you can be with grayson again so she's willing to give up and betray the most powerful court be with this like I want to I don't know Grayson you know I can't speak from personal experience but like
0: small (laughs) dick energy um and I don't know why she wants to go back for that man I don't trust Grayson um Durian none of them I don't I don't trust any of them and I reckon because Elaine is always like she stays so far away from Lucian and you think I like I understand she doesn't want to be his mate but equally, if she's working with Grayson, Durian was like kind of like the liaison between Grayson and the Fae. I reckon maybe if she is working with Grayson that maybe she does have kind of a relationship with Lucian because Durian's in the house of Lucian almost like 24-7. Yeah. So I don't think he's well, going to get away. He
1: would be able to scent if Elaine was near, like if Elaine had gone back to the mortal lands to visit Grayson.
0: Mm-hmm interesting i know i just wanted to be evil so bad i've said this about 50 times like i need it it, it's not getting repetitive but it is getting repetitive like the only reason cassian and nesta really had anything to do in this book is because sarah j muss wiped reese and favor from being able to do anything by making favor pregnant Mm. do you know what i mean i want something to spice it up a little bit
1: yeah um next quick theory plot point to discuss reese's hiking i don't know about this bullshit i don't think it's necessarily the best idea but i see that sjm has been putting in the groundwork for this idea for example reese always being diplomatic making sure to work with the other courts helping his enemies such as tamagotchi um like
0: so this is a recurring theme um in empire of storms it's mentioned with a throne of by the way um that alien has the power to take over more than just tereson um and that again there's people whispering in her ears like trying to convince her to do it so why is there a recurring theme between the books of the powerful fae then trying to become even more powerful and taking like becoming a conqueror hmm. do you know what i mean yeah, why I is that. why is that a theme i feel like mm-hmm. it's gonna come back around somehow and i'm not quite sure how
1: yes um, next quick theory, one that I really like. So there's a point in the book where they're talking about the trove and they say, there used to be a fourth item, but we can't see it. Um, I saw, one. A theory. I saw a theory. I can't remember. I have, I have the credit somewhere for it. I can't remember who said it, but basically there's a theory that that fourth item of the trove, spoiler alert for Crescent City, which I have read. I love being able to do a spoiler alert for a book that I've read. Um, <laughs> spoiler alert for Crescent City, go away for like a minute. Um, it's the horn from Crescent City and it can no longer be seen because it was turned into a tattoo for Bryce. And they can't see it because it's on her.
0: Which, love- begs, which begs the question, how did it get into that world in the first place? Because it was very clearly in the Actar world. So who's been doing some traveling? The story in Crescent City about, um, I can't remember all of the terms because cre- there's so much happened in Crescent City. The sword and the, um, like, Is it Star Power? Is it Star Power? I can't remember what it's called. Sounded very similar to stuff from both Throne of Glass and Dakotar.
1: I mean, we know that these (coughs) worlds are all connected. We know that they're all connected. And they're researching it at the moment. Like, there's the discussion. Yeah. They're all connected. It's just bringing out exactly how. And I think we're starting to see these things coming in. Um, I have a question. Yes.
0: Talking about Trove, the new Trove, Nesta's Trove. Yes. Um, did Eris give the dagger back?
1: Yeah, they got the dagger back from
0: Eris. They did get it back. Where is he right now?
1: And um, they have him somewhere. Like they're looking after him. He's with the Night Court. Because I he also... oh, we forgot this. There's a bit of dialogue at the end between Cassian and Eris, uh, and Cassian's pushing like, "I want to." Oh, yeah. Sorry, random thing. Um, at the beginning of the book, there's nothing in that in the riverside house of Nesta, but now there is a portrait of Nesta holding the line at the pass of Analius. She'd let Reese see some parts of the right, but had no idea he'd, he'd not asked out of curiosity, but to give Nesta ideas of like what she could paint. Um, so it was really random. Um, no, sorry, there's a, there's a scene between Cassian and Eris and Cassian keeps going, like, no, I want to know, like, what happened between you and Moore. So I'm not questioning what happened between Eris and more because it seems there's more to it than we previously knew. Which there's that's a what-
0: theory going around that Eris and Moore are actually mates, and I mm. don't want that to...
1: I don't to- want it. But there's also well, theory I-
0: around that Eris is actually gay. And that's why he chose to treat more the way he did, because he didn't want to force them into an unhappy marriage. I don't think stabbing someone is the right way to go I'm about like that. Mailing
1: a message to her or... stomach.
0: Yeah. I don't okay. think that's the best
1: way. Wait, no I, th- no, I thought that was her dad. I thought her dad did that to her, saying it's she's your problem now. And oh. was like, no, she's not. Oh, maybe. Um, did he just leave her there?
0: Either he way, just... I still don't think that's the appropriate response to not wanting to be in an uh, unhappy marriage.
1: Um, but there's a conversation between Cassie and Cassian's like, why did you leave more in the woods that day? Was it just to impress your father? Eris is like, why does it still matter to you? Um, and that uh, Cassie's like, She's my sister and I love her. And again, <laughs> Eris is, I didn't realise Illyrians were in the habit of fucking their sisters. Um, but there's like a conversation because there's just definitely something. Oh, and Eris says, like, you're not the person I want to explain myself to. Um, yeah, there's like a whole thing with Eris. I, yeah, I,
0: something's going on there and, I, and we're going yeah. to see it. The but next book, that, who that, do we think it's going to be? You,
1: you asked your question because I'm about to say that kind of thing. Okay,
0: the next book, who do we think it's going to be? Because I mean, I've got a couple of thoughts. She said mm. she wants the every arch sister to have a book. So that's making me think it's Elaine. But then she said it was obvious, so it's making me think that it's as, but is it as in Moore or as in Elaine? Or does it have the potential of being as in Gwyn?
1: I think, um, I, I don't know, but when she said oh it's obvious, I think the amount of stuff happening with Eris and that's that specifically that scene at the end where he's saying like Eris, is like, I don't you're not the one I need to explain myself to. Perhaps I think it might be more because she's been away consistently. Mm-hmm. We don't know what she's doing. There's a lot of stuff going on. And there was a scene at the end of, I think, Akis, A Court of Frost and Starlight or War where she was out in like the winter court and she saw like a monster or something. So that could be a possibility. I want an Asriel book though, because I love Asriel. He is my husband.
0: So do we um, think it's going to be as and more?
1: I don't know. I don't know. I want I want a book of Asriel himself well
0: because sarah james has said that they're like romance books effectively going forward which i don't know how i feel (laughs) so that's why i'm thinking as a gwyn but yeah i don't know Um,
1: yeah also i don't know how i did this but i managed to get all of the text from that um mass trash review of the book um with the where she was talking about Nesta becoming a cookie cut version, right? Um, so it just basically says, in He, I don't know how I got this. It just says in healing, Sarah J. Masters made Nesta quiet. Nesta was a breakthrough because she was a pa- because she was powerful and didn't have to bow down to others. While some of her actions could be cruel, there was always a reason for it. Oh, no, I think i've I've written quotes from it and then like written my thoughts got it got, um, it. got it um she's now falling into this very domesticated kind of cookie cutter idea of fictional women such as Feyre you can and this is my favorite quote you cannot be a woman in literature and own your power 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 Jesus, <laughs> you cannot be a woman in literature and own your power maddie and i were talking about this the other week because okay spoiler alert for shadow and bone we, we saw this with alina in Shadow and Bone, and it was infuriating, especially because she chose, I am become a blade. What kind of bullshit is that? I am become a blade. Um, And that was deep, I won't go into it too much, but I just hate that. Um, But I just, Nesta is written as one of the most powerful Fae females in the Sarah J. Maas universe, and is not properly acknowledged.
0: Not just females, she's the most most powerful
1: more powerful than reese and sarah j Mouse takes that power away and it literally makes me sick and in a anyone... book
0: she doesn't even have any time to explore it she barely yeah. figures out that she could use it towards the end and then she's just like oh in yeah. fact no we haven't even seen her full potential we with haven't that power. seen her
1: play with her power because she's been trying to like train herself to become a valkyrie she's worked physically and mentally but we're not seeing her practice using her power um, my final kind of comment on my notes is just any woman in the Sarah J Maas universe who is powerful and owns their power is perceived as a bitch and is either then transformed into like a more like domesticated and kind of like digestible woman, or they are villainized. For example, Amran really seems like an antagonist in this book, which fucking sucks because she is the only Asian character in the whole
0: SJM universe, mm-hmm. which is not yeah. a fucking vibe, Sarah. Um, and... Even yeah. looking at again, Throne of Glass spoilers. I'm not going to talk about um, Tower of Dawn or Kingdom of Ash. So I'm speaking up until Empire of Storms. Um, we see Aelin go from like not really understanding her powers, but being like a sassy, fiery, confident woman and then i feel like slowly as she learns to use her powers she becomes a muted version of herself not totally but i think we really see it um in empire of storms like there's elements of it there but she does become she does slowly become more quiet more reserved not to the extent of nesta losing her powers mm. but in her personality i think it's very evident if you compare her in um what's it called, Era fire, to what she is in Empire of Storms, I think there's a definite... Change. Change. And even if it is her, like, growing up and figuring out when to speak and when not to, it's still... There's, like, an element of her personality that is actually, like, um, dampened, I feel like. Do you know yeah. what I mean?
1: Do you agree? Yeah, I get that, I agree. Um, yeah. I was very frustrated... Um and the thing is, you know, everyone, you know, in the past, I think we said that as, 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 like, Sergio Mass is terrible with diversity, um, like, whether it's in regards to characters of, uh, because all the characters are white and straight. Yeah.
0: And yeah.
1: if the characters aren't white, they're not main characters, or they they're are... slowly
0: becoming an antagonist.
1: Yeah. Or they disappear completely because Tarquin played a small role and now he's disappeared again. Um but actually she was kind of being praised now you know I will give her credit like some of the discussions about mental health are really important especially in this book um but you know I think in the past I think even I've said like oh she's great at writing like role models you know really strong female characters and yeah she does write strong female characters but they don't stay that way for long because they do kind of she does force them into this cookie cutter peaceful domesticated digestible woman I feel like using I I keep saying that they'll the, they become more digestible because they are not as, like, out there. And it really upsets me because we see them as, like, fierce women at first and then they are kind of, like, taken back.
0: So it's there's the best- a um, term when people look at the suffragettes, it's called angel in the house, and it's basically, like, their role is to be at home with the kids, cooking, cleaning.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Feyre goes from being the strong, independent women, What? Women? Women. To... Being at home doing paperwork, getting pregnant, in free, yeah. and I'm not saying she was strong and independent in Akatar, but she did have her own thought process and she didn't listen to anybody. She, she would go wherever she wanted, and we joked about it in our Akatar episode because we was like, "They're telling you to stay at home to keep you safe, and you've just walked out and like gone to the calamni,"
1: or like she single handedly hunted down the surreal.
0: Yep. And then but she would do it. She was Tamlin like, sends her away, and she goes all the way back to under the mountain, confronts Amarantha, and then saves the entire like fae part of the, the country. And now she's she goes from doing that to in Akawar, she doesn't even fight, and then, even though she's supposed to be one of the most powerful fae alive, and then in this one she's she stays at home, doesn't do anything because she's pregnant what happened Sarah J (laughs) Mars? where where did the where did the personality go that's absolutely fine if that's what you want to do with your life that's fine but I feel like every single one of her characters are falling into that pattern
1: I feel that we've been recording for a really long time
0: such a long time I'm concerned about how long this episode is
1: so we should probably wrap it up um we are gonna as many people as we can because I've made a list of some of the people who I got theories from or comments from. Of course, uh underscore uh mass or trash mass underscore trash uh is definitely getting credited. I love her. Um but we will credit everyone. We will do what we can. Um and we will do our best to uh uh lots of we were talking about earlier um because we know that the majority of our listeners are women. sorry what was did you say oh, I was just saying we're gonna put as my, as many of those safety tips um on our social media as possible because we do have the statistics that come in and we know that the majority of our listeners are uh women so yes. please stay safe we love you yes. a lot maddie you take it away with social media and then we'll wrap this up because we've got to edit <laughs>
0: <laughs> um so instagram and tiktok is at off the book underscore the podcast twitter is at off the book underscore pod we've got a gmail off the book podcast at gmail.com and a goodreads off the book is just off the book um we're thinking about setting up a blog or like a little bit of a website. Um, we're thinking about it. Whether we have time to do it or not is a whole other situation. But yeah, if you're on Apple Podcasts and you want to leave us a review or a rating, that would be greatly appreciated. I know we've spoken at you for like um, <laughs> three hours, it feels like. But if you want to message us or so you want to comment on our Instagram or our TikToks and let us know your theories go ahead we, w- we would appreciate it it kind of makes our day when we read new it figures. does although yeah.
1: please give us a spoiler warning because I've not yet finished throwing a glass <laughs> yeah,
0: I want yeah. To. if I you're know. gonna if you're gonna talk about throwing of glass spoilers specifically Tower of Dawn or Kingdom of Ash on the Instagram please because I've always Beth will see it before I get the chance to warn her about it <laughs> because um, she's on it and i am not so
1: <laughs> yeah um so thank you everyone for tuning in we will be uh the next episode next week will be about um a touch of ruin we are delving into the world of greek gods in the fan fiction world essentially literally so we'll that probably... the first nice. two books of that one First two books and then we'll announce what we're doing next
0: yeah
1: surprise um thank you for tuning in um stay safe. Use your voice. Fuck the patriarchy. Fuck the patriarchy. Yes. We're gonna Bye. peace out. <laughs> Bye.
0: Bye.